0: The MX Vice Show.
1: Welcome to episode number 77 of the MX Vice Show podcast, uh, the number one podcast that wraps up MXGP action from all angles, what goes on on the track, off the track, and just about everything in between. Uh, big show this week, a lot happened in the Netherlands over the weekend, Os new to the calendar. The first three rounds of MXGP were exciting, but didn't really deliver any drama or any real significant turning points, and we've got that in abundance now. So, a lot to talk about. It's going to be a detailed show, an in-depth show, probably a few arguments, but we'll get through it. And we can get through it with thanks to Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, Armor Nutrition, and Blenzel Oils. Those guys are behind us, behind the podcast, and they allow us to bring you MXGP Discussion, MXGP Insight, and... Well, there'll also be triumph discussion this week because that's happened. Who the hell saw that coming? Uh, Part one of the MX-5 show is, as always, presented by the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, The Formula's advanced impact system introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet has changed the game. And Fly Racing will change the game even further later this week. Friday, their 2022 stuff drops. I think there's going to be some good Helmet stuff coming. I think, well, obviously the gear is going to be interesting. A lot of uh, exciting stuff coming from Fly Racing. We'll obviously share that stuff on MX Vice on Friday. I believe European time, it will be sort of 6 p.m. Friday evening when that will drop. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye on Fly Racing's channels for that as well as MX Vice's channels. Exciting times indeed. So, to break down the MXGP of the Netherlands, everything that happened on the track, off the track, we have myself, Lewis Phillips, your host, and the James Burfield. How's it going, James? It's going good. I am
2: super, super pumped. After that Triumph news come through, uh, I think we found out yesterday, which was uh, Monday, I think. Yeah, just super excited. Triumph's a, a huge brand, big brand, one that loads of people love. And I think it's going to be so good for the sport because... There are a lot of Triumph riders out there on the road, which are now going to be interested in how this is going to go off-road. So I think it might bring a few people um, into the sport. I think it's just exciting. It's exciting to have a new brand. It's exciting to possibly tap into a new audience.
1: Well, before we get to that excitingness, let's talk about what I'm excited about. And that is the MXGP of the Netherlands, which contained, I think, I thought about this a lot, and I feel like I'm finally ready to stamp it. The best motocross race I've ever seen in my life, MXGP Moto One, was ridiculous on so many levels. It had so many layers to the action that I genuinely think best motocross race I've ever seen in my life. Not Supercross, just the motocross category. Best motocross race I've ever seen in my life. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think you're right. When I, I was kind of
2: I was relaxing, I was I was kind of following the you know uh, the tweets online and also ha- had it on screen in uh It had everything. It was like a whole story in one race. It was just uh, a crazy, crazy race. But uh,
1: what a ride by Hurlins. I mean, what a warrior. I I honestly, I don't even know where to begin with anything. Like I say, the first three rounds of MXGP were exciting. Uh, Three different winners in both classes. Like There was a lot to talk about, but there was no real... Drama or there was no there was no real like stories to come from it in the sense that I was actually thinking heading into us. I feel like at no point this year have we had to say so and so injured so and so is okay after a big crash, it just got off to a very nice start where no one really crashed, no one really got injured, no one had a scare, like it was just a very nice start, and then now we've <laughs> we've gone the complete opposite way, <laughs> and we've got arguably the biggest star injured and through once again, something that isn't his fault. And I think we need to go there first, because well, why wouldn't we? So, uh, Hurling's whole shot device was stuck on, start of Moto1, it was stuck on through turn 1, through turn 2, and then it stuck on through the waves, and hitting the single that followed the waves, that stops him from jumping as far as the others, and how far as far as he would have wanted to. And then Monticelli landed on him as a result of that. However, this is where the debate gets divided because some people would like to put 100% of the blame on Hurling's whole shot device. Not Hurling's. Hurling's did nothing wrong in this and we'll get into that, but that's where I sit. Hurling's himself as a person did nothing wrong. Other people want to put the blame on uh, Monticelli entirely. So what side of the coin are you sat on, James? I don't know. It's,
2: it's, it's just, I think in, in a way, it's kind of a racing incident because it looked like, you know, Monticelli was just, balls out for a slap just trying to, you know, try and keep ahead as much as possible and just launched off of it, just expecting that the people in front of him would just be, you know, clearing. Um, I don't think he expected Hurlings to, to be there. Um, I think probably Monticelli's had a couple of incidents,
1: not like that, but just like, you know, some, some craziness before. So to quote another rider or another two riders that I spoke to, Monticelli has no risk Risk meter on the first couple of laps of a GP. Monticelli has no, no. There was no risk assessment in Monticelli's riding on the first couple of laps of a GP. But Mon- sorry, go on. So, so you're basically saying
2: uh, Monticelli cannot get insured for the first two laps of there M- is the absolute, GP rides.
1: There, there is no risk assessment going on. <laughs> it's very much we're all we're here we're having a party. Let's fucking go. Yeah, I. You know. um
2: I, yeah, i I say recent incident and that and that's kind of um the way I kind of sit. I I don't think it's anybody's fault. It's just the same as uh Coldenhall sort of going down in, in, in the start of race two is well, the a, same
1: as Monticelli riding over Sue's head? <sighs> Like the poor guy, like, he had a, he, like, let's be honest, the season wasn't going well for him anyway. And now he's basically just like a hitman out there. Like, he's <laughs> landing on riders, he's riding clean <laughs> over someone's head. Like, and it was Sue's birthday as well. Like, oh, Jesus.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: I
2: i think, uh, I just like put a recommendation out of there is just give him a wide berth on the first two laps. Um, to any rider. But yeah, it is, f- from my point of view, is I think it's a racing incident. Uh, I've, I've seen the GoPro. I've seen that, I watched it in a race. I watched replays. I watched 10,000 Facebook clips and uh, seen it from every angle. I'm sure Jeffrey will agree with it. I think Jeffrey is probably just thinking uh, someone else has just ended my um, uh, world championship hopes.
1: So this is where I'm at. Monticelli has to take some of the blame. There's no way you can just put it down to a racing incident, instant. And this is why I think that. If you look at the riders ahead, Fev, you can clearly see it in the GoPro footage. Montice- Fevra had a clear track. Monticelli was going further than Fevra in traffic, which shouldn't be happening. If Fevra didn't jump that far with a clear track, why is Monticelli jumping that far in traffic? And obviously Fevra didn't have a whole shot device stuck down. So that was him making a smart, probably a risk assessment. <laughs> a smart decision on that one. So I think Monticelli has to take some sort of blame from that. However, if Hurling's whole shot device wasn't stuck down, Monticelli jumping that far would have been fine and it wouldn't have even been a discussion. So I put 50% of the blame on Monticelli also because at the bottom of that single, Hurling swapped pretty bad. And in my mind, that would have given Monticelli enough time to go, oh, and hesitate by 0.1, which would just be enough for him to like, not jump quite as far. I'm not asking, I'm not expecting him to slam on the brakes or come to a complete stop. I'm just thinking like, oh, he swapped a little bit there and just like the slightest twitch of the brakes so that he jumps 0.1. I'm not even sure what measurement I'm using for the 0.1. <laughs> I know, but I, not, know I-, but, <laughs> I mean the slimmest of margins, just jump a slimmest of margins shorter. I just, that's what I feel. So Monticelli has to take some of the blame on that. So I put 50% of the blame on Monticelli. I also put 50% 50% of the blame speaking of insurance on act of God because the whole shot device thing was the main culprit but that wasn't Hurling's fault he did no wrong it wasn't KTM's fault they don't have control over that it was an act of God so Monticelli 50% act of God 50% also thoughts?
2: Uh, I'm just thinking that um, uh, when you said act of God I'm just wondering whether Hurling's run over a cat on the way to racing or something well, a, a, where, there's a, where, there's a blame,
1: where there's a blame there's a blame there's a claim <laughs>
2: Not for Monticelli because no one's
3: going to insure him. Well, you know. But speaking of, speaking of, oh my god, it's heartbreaking in a way. You've like,
1: okay, whatever your opinion is of Hurlins, you've got a 2019 Latvia. He crashed on the sighting lap, was completely fine, and then Jazakonis clipped his ankle and broke his foot. Compl- he then raced. He then raced that moto with a broken foot, won it. <laughs> then went to the medical center afterwards, found out it was broken and couldn't start the second moto. Literally, history has repeated itself. And both times, Hurlings had no control or anything. Because I said this to someone on Sunday and someone went, well, he did crash in Latvia. And I was like, yeah, he crashed, but he was fine. He Jazakoni's clipping his ankle was out of his control completely. Like It was just another thing where he, wrong place, wrong time, whatever you want to call it. Bad luck, it is just bad luck. Hurlings makes me, I feel like I have quite a lot of bad luck. Hurlings makes me feel better about myself because (laughs) thank God I don't have that level of bad luck. It's heartbreaking. Like you've got, like if you want to, if you strip it down to just a human level,
2: the poor guy, I just can't believe he stayed upright from the impact of that bike hitting him. He literally just shrugs it off. I'd still be there now. Shrugs it off. Like imagine if I was a football player. Oh my God. It'd be like a,
1: a helicopter would have to come in. Well, that's the thing though. You've got, if you want to put a positive spin on it, if you, okay, instead of going on about the bad luck, if you want to talk about the good luck, if Monticelli was 0.1, again, not 0.1 to being thrown around. <laughs> and again, not sure what measurement. If Monticelli was 0.1 to the right, that wheel would have gone on Hurling's head and right down his neck. So...
2: Well, not even that. Imagine if the, the bottom of the engine, the frame hit, hit him. You know, it's it could have been so much worse in, in a way he was lucky to escape with what he did. Not that's obviously not going to, you know, make him feel any better on his championship, but to come away from that health, well, healthy ish, then,
1: uh, wow. Cause that impact was, was crazy. I, um, I t- I realized I, I tweeted this in between races and I realized it made no sense. The press room had a window overlooking the start podium area and, uh, after the, Like 10 minutes after the first moto, I saw Hurlins walking across the track with a medic, uh, top off and just a towel over his shoulder, but he was putting pressure on the towel on his shoulder. And at that point, I was like, hmm, if you're putting pressure on that, that's probably not a good sign. But I realized that I tweeted something completely ridiculous and tweeted that Herlins is going to the medic center. He's got a towel on his shoulder. And that was it. And I realized I didn't really tell. <laughs> <laughs> I realized I didn't really like get the point across of what I was trying to say. Like, Hurling's won that moto. We need to get to that as well. What a ride. But you know if there was any possible way he could have started that second moto and even finished 15th, he would have. So that puts into perspective the pain he must have been riding with in that first moto.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because if he thought that he could have rode and just even got, you know, sort of a 14th, 13th or whatever and handled the pain, then he would have, wouldn't he? At yeah. the end of the day, he would have. But, yeah.
3: I- I think
2: he's he's. Pro- it was severe enough to to stop him for the rest of the day and probably just thinking,
1: is there a chance I can recover now uh, in time? Well, speaking of time, worst possible time to get injured. Uh, we've got four GPS on the bounce. Os was the first one. We've got Lockett this weekend, Lommel the weekend after, and Latvia the weekend after that. So, as far as if, if there was a weekend off this weekend, that would obviously maybe give him a glimmer of hope, but after seeing the scan that he put on his Instagram story, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm not very good at reading scans of shoulders, but looked quite gnarly. And a lot, because I did have hope because in KTM's like statement on um, uh, Sunday night, they said, I'm just going to find it quickly. They said something like, what they said, it was promising. Like, there was hope, I thought. And I was like, oh, well, maybe there's a chance that like he'll have a scan on Monday and it will kind of go like in a good direction. But um, Because they put, here we go. Oh, no, it was Hurlins in the KTM statement. He said, I have a small crack in my shoulder blade. And I was like, well, small crack. Like, maybe then the scan on Monday shows that it's an even smaller crack than they thought. And then it's okay. And then he'll be okay. But... I, did you see his Instagram story? Based on that, I'm feeling, that I don't have much hope for him even trying to race anytime soon.
2: I don't know. I mean, we'll soon find out. But I, I can see him maybe missing one round and then coming back and in, um, in trying. I, I think he'll, if he if he feels like he can ride, then I think he will. I, I think I, th- I don't think he'll want to see another championship
1: go like this. Not like this. Like, if you crash yourself, at least you can sit down and go to yourself, Well, I fucked up. Hurlins is sat there right now going, I did nothing wrong. I literally did nothing wrong. Like, there was nothing better. I could have done nothing better in that situation. And here I am, fucked. That, I I just, I struggled to get my head around, like, how, (laughs) how this one rider can have so much bad luck. And that's not a, oh, Hurlins, like, same as if it was any rider. It's just, there's a trend here and it's just bad luck.
2: Yeah, it's, but, <laughs> it's, it's that thing of, of, what have I done wrong? Because how could this happen to me twice? It, um, What's that, a second
1: time in three, three seasons? What, that he's been injured through something that wasn't his fault yeah. in the slightest? Yeah, and even the 2019, uh, the first injury he had um, in the off-season, which was his, I think it was his foot as well. Was it his, Whatever it was, I think it was his foot. I remember him saying that like, he ran wide on this little practice track and there was this border built up around the side of the track. And if that wasn't there, he wouldn't have even, he would have just gone off the track and rode back on. There wouldn't have even been like a incident at all. But because the track had built this little border, he hit it and got injured. So it's like, okay, that was more his fault. But even similar sort of thing, it's like wrong place, wrong time. Because if that was a different track, it would have been completely fine. Hurlings is just wrong place, wrong time. And I don't know what there is to that. But that ride in the first Moto was. One for the ages, I'd say that was, that was uh, really something special, especially when you look at like Fevra tried so hard to get around Koldorf and just and literally tried everything. I don't think there was much left for him to attempt and could not do it. And Hurlins with a broken shoulder blade or a crack in his shoulder blade or whatever the official word is, made quick work of those guys. And uh, even the part like the, the place he was passing, if you watch the TV footage again, you can see like there's no lines in that part of the track because no one was going there. It was so tight and awkward that it just wasn't really an option. And the only way for Hurlins to make that work for a pass was to basically decide that he was committed from, to that from the entry of the corner and hope for the best. And it worked twice. Even riding with that much pain and that much discomfort and that much worry of what the hell is wrong with me? Am I, am I screwed? Is my title? Because like, you've got to think, he must have been riding in that moto going, is my title over? What is, am I even, is it even worth me trying to like, get points in this moto? Am I going to be in a hospital in an hour's time? Like, I'd imagine that must have been going through his head for him to still be that committed to going for the win. Yeah, round of applause, I think.
2: Yeah, the pain, I, I, th- I think it was just must have been pure adrenaline which got him through that whole race and just literally just trying to block everything out mentally. Well, Sh- shows you how mentally
1: strong he is as well. This is what confused me because, so, uh, he started fourth. Okay, he started fourth post being landed on. <laughs> And if I remember right, first lap, he was, quite, like, he was quite good. He was all over Geyser and he was going forward quite quickly. And then he kind of backed off a little bit. And I was like, hmm, I thought that was the adrenaline wearing off from the first lap. I thought it was either the adrenaline wearing off from the first lap and, oh, he's in pain. Or I thought it was him playing it safe. So then when it got to the halfway point and he started picking up his pace and going fastest sectors, fastest laps and everything, I was like, oh, okay. It, has, it must have had nothing to do with the adrenaline. He must have just been playing it safe and now he's going to go on a charge. The way that he did that moto with starting slow and building up almost doesn't, makes less sense with his injury because like you say, I would expect him to be really good for the first 15 minutes because adrenaline and everything and then that starts to peter off and at the end he's limping home but somehow it was a complete opposite. What did you think of the track? Did it play into Hurling's hands or was it pretty much even for everybody? Colin said uh, before we went there that that isn't his favourite track, and like when he gets to Lomel and Latvia, that'll be his places. So even going in, he said it's not his favourite. Like he wasn't in by no means like chomping at the bit. And actually, we probably should talk about the track. It was, it it looks good on TV. I'll say that it looked like it looks good on TV. I thought from the, from the from the little bits I saw, I was like, okay, this actually looks like a good like I don't know. It just it had yeah, character. I, I, I thought it, it wasn't
2: looked, a track in a field. It had a lot of character to it. Yeah, I, from watching on TV, I thought it looked good.
1: Downsides, tough to pass, tight, twisty, not, a soundtrack would normally reward momentum and be very flowy, like Lomol, Lomol is just all about carrying momentum, really, it's very flowy. Oss was very stop-start, tight, not really many places to pass, which isn't a bad thing, like, I guess, like, why, why does every soundtrack have to be flowy, but. Also, the negative, there were a lot of fences very close to the track, as Fevra found out. Um, I believe Taylor Hamill jumped into the crowd uh, because the crowd were very close to the track as well. Uh, The shades of Lear up a little bit with how close the fans were to the track and it going in and out of the woods and stuff like that. A lot of of riders said it's a good Dutch Masters track, but it's not a GP track. Some riders said it's fine, like, whatever, don't really care. Caroli wasn't happy because of the infrastructure of the place. Uh, The press room was a 10-minute walk from the uh, paddock. And then the car park, which again, I realize everyone's listening to this going, oh, why are you mentioning that? Well, Crowley brought it up, so I'm I'm literally rehashing what Crowley said. The car park was a 20-minute walk from the track. So it was a proper little charity fun run. So So that sounds a little bit like Switzerland. (laughs) Well, I thought to myself, I'm glad James isn't here because he'd be very, he'd be pissing uh, and moaning about this walk. For, for all ten minutes of it, I'd be very, very angry. Well, not I'm not even talking, I mean, a 20 minute walk from the car park to the track. Oh, that that would, I'd be, yeah, I'd be driving. Well, I don't, I don't, we you had to walk <laughs> through woods, so not impossible. Really really? You had to go, you parked a car and then you had to walk through woods to get to the track. You walked through 10 minutes of woods, crossed a road, and then for 10 minutes through another load of woods, and then you got to the track.
2: Jesus. Okay. Uh, for what reason was there not enough
1: um, no, just, space within, a, the pr- within the within uh, the compound? It's just quite a compact venue. Like there isn't much excess space to house everything. Okay. But uh, also worth uh, mentioning, obviously the Netherlands did have those restrictions. Everyone had to get a chair. Not sure how well. Those rules were adhered to because uh, no one really sat in their chair.
2: Well, <laughs> interestingly, I was, I was sat home thinking, uh, I'm sure I was told there was only a thousand people and they all had to be seated. I think it was 6,000 people, but there was more
1: than 6,000 people there for sure.
2: Oh yeah, um, 100%. That, that was a big, big crowd.
1: And like you say, no one was, no one was sitting down. The way they did it, I don't know if anyone finds this interesting, but the way they did it was uh, at the like entry to, at a fan entry to the track where you would scan, like you would scan your ticket or whatever. um, You go through that bit and then immediately after that, there was a stack of chairs. So you take your own chair and then you just put it wherever you want. That was kind of how they did that system, which actually we were saying is quite a good idea because if there's one thing I remember from like, being a fan, although that sounds weird, from from being a spectator, is that bloody hell, all I wanted was a seat at some point in the day, so actually having a little chair to walk around with you, given to you by the venue, sounds quite a nice option. So maybe that should stick around.
2: In comparison, Lewis, um, uh, I heard for the weekend Kurt went to the uh, Formula 1 GP, they had 140,000 people there. Uh, Obviously had the grandstand and people sort of stood up and everything else, but each person that went in had to have uh, was checked for a COVID, obviously, um, test, and also had double jabbed. Because so there's 140,000 people there who were all passed the test and were double jabbed. So it's interesting. That's something in the, you know, as big as, as the British Grand Prix, we're able to do that with 140,000 people. It'd be quite nice if um, we get back to that in, in Mercross.
1: This was the first... Um normal race I'd say there was definitely crowd there and you could hear them and you couldn't really see very well because they were it felt it didn't feel like a covid times race it felt like a normal race like the, the crowd were very loud it was it was packed uh, fans still not allowed in the pits but it felt very normal and actually it felt quite strange to hear the crowd and not just hear bikes sc- like I don't know very normal, but at the same time, very surreal. But this was definitely like when we look, when COVID's a long memory, long gone memory, and we're all looking back, us will be what I remember as that was the first race where we kind of got back to the normal crowd. So that was good to see. Um, I'm not sure what the rules are for Czech this weekend, actually, crowd wise. Quite weird because if you remember last year, Czech was the first country that kind of got motocross up and going again. They had the Czech Championship with a load of fans and like, no rules, but now Czech seems to be just one of the strictest countries, so it's, I don't really understand how they've gone back and forth that much. But anyway, yeah, and also actually quickly on the track, has signed a deal with Infront until 2025, but it now looks like is coming back, so I'm not sure how that's going to work. I'm not sure if they'll uh, if they can run a GP at Volkenswad, and if they do, maybe they do two GPs in the, Hol- in the Netherlands every year, that or maybe is. maybe this alters Oss's deal, but I Doubt it. I can't see how that would. But um, yeah, it sounds like Vulcan has been saved. So
2: well, they, they that run that something. with uh, they've run uh, Vulcan with Asim before. Won at the start, won it. Yeah, at, true. At, and at the end, so I don't think that's going to make a, a, a difference. It's good to hear that Vulcan back. Do, do we know any? Do you know any more details about um,
1: that being saved? Or no, I didn't really. I, I only heard it briefly. I didn't really look into it that much. Um, okay. I don't know. That's I, good news. I just know that something happened. Something good legal. news. Something legal happened somewhere along the way. Anyway, so we'll wait. And I'd imagine KTM are going to put something out about Hurlins today or tomorrow. He had a scan yesterday. It didn't look great. Uh, Yesterday being Monday. It didn't look great, but I guess we'll see. I I wouldn't bet on him racing this weekend. It sucks, but what can you do? These things happen. That's Motocross.
2: I, I kind of see him. I see him missing one GP Lewis. I think he'll be back for the second. Depending on the know. severity of the injury.
1: I think if he miss, he, either, he either races them all or he misses, an, uh, he either misses like, enough where it's a safe amount. I don't think he misses some and still comes back early. Because if he misses one, then he's kind of, what is the point? I think that's the way they'll play it. Well,
2: he's 23 points down at the moment. Obviously, misses this weekend. That's fifty. If Geyser goes one-one,
1: yeah. So then that's seventy. Yeah, and Geyser probably will go one-one because it's Lockett. Like that's a like very Geyser track. Geyser track. Yeah. So, um,
2: yeah, um, seventy-three. We we don't know how many ranks are going to be left in this championship. I've uh, definitely eighteen at least. Eighteen at least. Okay. So there is uh, still a glimmer of hope, and anything can happen. We've seen we've seen what it's like. It, it's, 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 uh, at, you know that came out of the bag on. Uh, you know, fourth round Hurling's getting landed on.
1: Well, who knows? Monticelli might land on Geyser this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> who knows who he'll choose next? Let's hope not. <laughs> who knows who he's got his eye on? <laughs> so what were your thoughts on 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 the track? Would you like to see another GP there again? Meh. No, it was alright. It was I for me it wasn't great. Like I d I don't know, I just it wasn't but I can see the potential there from a fan perspective, like I'd imagine it was quite good for the fans and I think it looked good on TV and the racing was good. So for that, uh, yeah, I'd see a GP there. But, we've talked a lot about the guy in ninth overall. We've talked a lot about the guy in 15th overall. Uh, Tim Geiser actually won the GP. Uh, He went 3-2 to win it. First rider to go 3-2 to win a 450 GP since Caroli at Gaeldorf in 2011, uh, 3,606 days ago. You love a stat. And even more interesting, on that day in Gaeldorf, Geyser went 1-1 in EMX 125. Wow. Yeah, just a like funny little <laughs> who would have thought kind of yeah. thing. Like if on, that day, if on that day in Germany, you'd said the next rider to go 3-2 to win a GP will be that guy in 125s and Karoli will be stood next to him on the podium, you'd be like what? <laughs> how, was, how are those two going to meet? But here we are. Geyser was... You liked well, that, that little thing? stat, didn't
2: you? You got quite well, excited about that well, little stat. I could tell. It's just a funny little... like. I, I could ball. tell. I could tell. That tickled you.
1: So, in my opinion, Geyser was the fourth or fifth fastest rider uh, at Oss. I think Karoli was faster. I think Fev... Well, Fever was definitely faster. I think Koldenov was faster. Hurlings was faster. I would even entertain Prado and Sua being faster. But, Geyser got it done. And this is the scary thing for me moving forward. Because if Hurlings isn't in this title fight, then... I can't believe I'm going to say this. Geyser is so consistent and stays out of trouble so much, which who would have thought that that would be uttered? Um, <laughs> going back a couple of years, I think that he. I think that he is just. I think he can just manage this thing and stay out of trouble and stick and be consistent and win GPs with a three-two when he isn't the fastest rider, and then that will be him well on his way to a third title on the bounce. Early to start talking like that, I know, but I just feel like Geyser's ride in Holland encapsulates a strength of geysers at the moment, and that is making shit happen.
2: I was, i got to be honest, I was underwhelmed with his um, performance on the day, I've got to be honest, from just, and that was just watching on, um, watching on TV. I wasn't there, but uh, I was a little bit underwhelmed with, because, just because of what we've seen he's, he's done in Lommel, um, like previously, and, and, but he just has this knack now of, uh, like you say, staying out of trouble, and just being able to deliver, and I think that's that's that is is basically that's what wins you championships.
1: Well said. Well said. Any 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 doubt now, guys? Is your favourite for the title? Any doubt? Uh, yeah, I, I, he is the strongest.
3: He's definitely got the strongest. He's in the strongest position out of
2: everyone. However, just just from what I've seen. The weekend, you know, on not obviously this week's post race podcast, but the week before, and Fevre was talking about how he's improved in sand. He yeah.
3: backed
2: well, that not up. so much
1: how he improved, not not so much how he improved in sand. Sorry, just how,
2: how he feels like he's capable of winning in the sand. Yeah, of, of beating Hurlins, uh, and he he was literally a second faster than than Hurlins than in race one. Um, his lap time.
1: Asterix disclaimer. Hurling's had a broken shoulder. <laughs> just, Still, <laughs> seconds, second list. <lose. laughs> just so like, I feel like that really needs to be added in on all, all the <laughs>
2: conversations. But, um. but, but fair play for saying, putting something out there and backing it out. That's what impressed me. So as, mu- as much as guys had got the job done and I felt underwhelmed, I was like, oh, fair play. He made a couple of mistakes, which I think that's what you're going to get. But um, yeah, he looked good. And, and that's why I don't... I, if, if anything, I think there's been a bit of a swing with, um, if, if I was going to go title now, and I know that uh, say, say, for example, Herlin's is out, my, my title, my, my top three now would be
1: Geyser, Fevre, Crowley. Right, well this is what I wanted to talk to you about, when we'll get to Crowley, but, so after Majora, I've been quite, I've been beating this Fevre drum for a while, and after Majora, I asked both you and Tom whether, whether Fevre even has a shot at the title, and you both said no. Yeah. You've come around now. You, you see where I, my excitement is coming from because bloody hell he's good at the moment. Do you
2: know what? It's one of those things, like, which is... Seeing is believing? No, it's just, just annoying. Like, when you don't want to admit it. But I found myself watching it on um, on Sunday and just thinking... Did you think of me? Yeah, I thought of you and was just like, oh, he's right again. Fuck's sake. And it, really it, like- that's, what was, that, that's what was very annoying because you're right. I, I, I was really interested to see... That, that statement that he put out on, on the post-race podcast, which he was, like you said, he was a little bit reluctant to do, but you pushed him and he just put it out there. But
1: damn, didn't he back it up? I was, I was really, really impressed. Really impressed. Um, side note, I've just been on Instagram. Uh, there's a website in Italy called MX Bars who loves stealing MXY's content and passing it off as their own. They've just done it again. So, mxbars.it, I'm coming for you. Second I stop recording this podcast, I'm coming for you. <laughs> oh, that's actually really pissed me off. <laughs> public announcement, public announcement, Monticelli will be landing on you next. i going to make a, I'm going to call out a hit right now. They're not scared, are they, of just like,
2: just literally just swiping anybody's content. and. Just, and they've and they've cropped
1: out uh, the, the content they've stolen, had an MX Vice logo on it to stop this, and they've, they've cropped it out. Jesus, what's wrong so, um, with people? Yeah, I'll see them in court. Uh, no, Fevra, like, I think I said it after Majora, and the same thing rings true now. I think if you want to tell me that Fevra has been the fastest rider at the first four GPs, I won't argue. I'll listen to that argument because I think it might be true. I think Fevra might be the fastest rider in MXGP right now, which sounds mental, and I know it's not, it's quite a bold statement, but. I think that's where my excitement comes from because, okay, it's not quite shown in the results. He should have won us. He should have won it. It should have been a, he should have won the overall. It could have been a one, one day. He knows that as well. Like it could have, it should have. So it's not quite shown in the results, but that's where my excitement comes from, I think, because I'm I, like his speed is so high. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Like, where's that going? What? I don't know. It's just, it's almost like the unknown because where, where does that take us? I think that's where my excitement comes
2: from. I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at the World Championship classification at the moment. I know it's only four rounds, and we're kind of talking titles and and, and, and whatnot. In a way, like, say Herlin's Banks is back this weekend. He's had kind of uh, nil poids. Uh, Corelli's had a nil poids. Um, Febvre's had a, a a bad second race in Italy. Guys have still not really had, you know, Italy wasn't great for him, but he's not really had... Bad luck, or he's not had a bad race, has he? Who's that? Sorry, Geyser.
1: No, but this is what I mean. That's it. his greatest strength now, and over the last couple of years, is getting shit done. That is what that is where when others get injured, and like he that has become obviously. He, I'm not discrediting his speed, I'm not discrediting he's the winningest rider of season now, I'm not discrediting, not discrediting any of that. But also, one of his greatest strengths that complements that is that he gets shit done, and that's what he did at OSS.
2: Yeah. Uh, it, um, I'm I'm uh, it really depends on 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 the severity injury of Hurlins, but he has put himself uh, right at the forefront 23 point um you know lead so far but you know second third and fourth all on the same points. It's and, and Prado seems to be just silently putting in the performances and, and building that up in the background.
3: So he's not out of it
2: yet but um I think the top four are obviously uh, are in in the title title hunt now. I think Prado's just out of it, and it just seemed like Koldenhoff seems. I think he was a bit unlucky with race two. If if, you know if he didn't he hadn't crashed on that start, then I think yeah I think the momentum would have shifted uh, with Koldenhoff. But it's just like you know race an instant when those little things happens. But Um, what did you think of Koldenhoff the weekend?
1: Uh, He uh, he wasn't he was probably the Third or fourth fastest rider, but no, similar. Like he's just—he's much better on the Yamaha than I thought he would be at this early stage. I'd probably say he's better on the Yamaha than he was on the Gas Gas, which I didn't think I'd be saying at any point this season. No, it's just good. It's yeah. just good. It's nice. It's solid. It's good. Like it's nothing. Nothing's wrong with that. It's it's all very nice and good. Yeah. Trick gear as well. Yeah. Same I, as Herdings.
2: I think it will. Uh, I think he's going to get better. I genuinely do. I think he's yeah, but how?
1: Be, yeah, but getting he's already quite like getting better means that he's going to clock off consistent wins from where he's at now. I'd say. I think he's he's going to be around that top three. I think uh, for
2: the rest rest of the year. I can't see him. Uh, I think, like you say, it was just uh, getting used to the bike, getting used to a new team, and I think he's there with that. And, and kind of just, I don't know. It, they a lot of a lot of the riders had trouble past him in that first race. I I know you're saying that that the track was obviously not the greatest to
1: pass, but um, he he held on for quite a while. Sorry, I was distracted. I was just uh, sending an email about this uh, stolen content. So stay tuned. (laughs) Stay tuned to see if uh, I get a reply while we're on this podcast, because this has happened so much over the years. We're just going to run it live. We're just going to run it live on the podcast. Why not? Why not? So Karoli, obviously second overall, won uh, won the second moto. Great ride, last lap pass. Nothing wrong with that at all. That was, uh, that was really something special. Especially, that also speaks a lot to his conditioning at the moment because obviously the leg uh, or the knee and the shoulder are quite good, as he's been saying, because otherwise he wouldn't be making passes on the last lap on a brutal soundtrack in 30 degree heat. So that's very encouraging uh, sign from him, his 180th motor win of his career, which is mental. He walked, on, he walked onto the overall podium for the 175th time
3: like what like what like he's he
1: has walked like just put he has he has stepped foot onto that podium 175 times in his life at, at that level the mind boggles the mind boggles but no like another encouraging weekend for Crowley i think uh, again after the race, he mentioned he doesn't have pressure the pressure's on other guys he doesn't have to deliver the pressure is on his teammates the pressure is on the other riders so that's clearly a thing that's on his mind because two weeks in a row he said that to me I'm excited to see where Crowley goes from here. I think, I think this going into this weekend, Geyser and Feather are my favourites because Lockett is more of a track for them than it is Crowley, Prado and Hurlings if he were healthy. But it'll be interesting to see what Crowley does, Lommel and Latvia. And also, I was very interested to watch Crowley at Oss because if you remember, Lommel last year was really disappointing for him. For, like He's known as a Sandman and for, for whatever reason, when we got to Lommel last year... You'd probably blame it on the leg and shoulder issues, which are now no longer a problem. He, but he got to Lommel and he struggled to crack the top 10. So I was very interested just to see what sort of level he was at in the sand. And no, all good. So interested to see if that means that when we get to Lommel, he is back to being Sandman Crowley. But uh, so we'll see, where, we'll see how that plays out. Also, Crowley, Feather, and Hurlings are all tied for second in the championship at the moment. So it's tight. That's where we are at points-wise. Prado, I've said it over and over, and I'm going to say it again, it's fine. It's just fine. It's not good, it's not great, but it's also not bad. It's yep. just fine.
2: Yep. One of the uh, early season uh, favourites for you, who uh, expected to do quite
1: well, Pauls Jonas, not, didn't quite work out for him. Well, I'd just like to go back to the Prado thing before you jump down the order. So there are rumblings that he isn't very happy right now. And I wouldn't read too much into that, except for the fact that I, don't, I haven't seen his face once this year. Normally, Prado's a guy who I can interview two hours after the race because he's hanging out at a truck and like, he's just always around. Like, over the last couple of years, I've always, just been, I've always relied on the fact that I won't go and see Prado now because in two hours' time, he's still going to be here. And I've gone by Red Bull KTM straight away after the race the last two rounds, and I've not seen his face. Which kind of makes me wonder, like, well, what, where, where are you, like, why are you in such a hurry to leave? So I'm not, I'm not, I feel like this, I don't know, something's not right because he's better than this. And like, clearly something's not quite ticking there. So we'll see what happens going forward. Lomor, especially, you'd expect him to come out firing, but also I probably would have expected him to win that second moto. So I don't know, just one of those things where I'm just not quite sure and I want to learn more but I'm not sure how much more we'll be able to learn hopefully I'll be able to interview him this weekend then we'll get some answers but he's just I haven't seen his face I think I've seen every single rider's face this season except for Prado's which is bizarre maybe he doesn't like you no I like Prado me and Prado get on well we're great friends (laughs) so you think (laughs) speaking of restraining
3: orders (laughs) speaking of restraining orders Ben Watson Ben Watson uh,
1: what a ride that so when do you want to transmit a 50 quid for him getting on the podium because we, that is going to happen very soon I think um, so do you want to just give it to me now as sort an of advance <laughs> payment <laughs> no not yet I'm still holding on to it
2: but um, I was super impressed fifth overall I quite
1: surprised it come this quick after four rounds top five it, it's just, been a con- it's just been a steady climb. Russia was a disaster. Russia was an absolute disaster. Matali, there were positive signs and it was good. Majora, there were even more positive signs and it was better. And now this weekend, there were even more positive signs and it was better again. So like, and especially with Lowell and Latvia coming up, very interested to see where he goes from here. But there's no doubt he's a number one rookie. There's no doubt he's showing a lot of potential. There's no doubt that he belongs on a factory ride moving forward. All... Very good. Uh, And he also got that extra little bit of power he was looking for, that extra little bit of grunt uh, out of the Yamaha. So uh, he was happy on that front as well. So, um, no, I think I, I don't, well, Ben said it himself after the race. He wouldn't expect himself to be any higher up than this four rounds into his 450 career. And I don't think we can expect him to be any higher up than this as well. This is definitely, he was a top Yamaha. This is very, this is all just very, very good and definitely like deserves a tip of the hat.
2: Yeah, you got to believe that the, the whole Monster Yamaha team um, would have seen those results in, in in fair play. Like they probably didn't see him being the top right top Yamaha rider, um, especially so quick. So yeah, fair play. He's, he's, he's a yeah, great ride the weekend and a great job. Um, what what did Ben think of the track?
1: Uh, I honestly can't remember. I remember the question I asked him, but I can't remember what his answer was. Uh, okay, <laughs> so cause... head over to the Fly Racing post-race podcast and find out because I can't remember. Okay. No, interested to see where he goes moving forward. Uh, sewer. sewer had um, some irregularities. Is that a word? Irregularities? Is that a word? Uh, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if it's in the right... Let's roll with it. Yes, yeah. It, okay. There was some irregularities with Sewer's blood, uh, blood work and stuff. Oh, after yeah, Majora. that makes sense. Yeah, that is okay. the right context. Yeah. So he got that figured out in the weekend off and Os was a big test for him because obviously, like I say, brutal sand track, 30 degree weather. If, there was gonna, if, it, if that was an issue, it was going to show up there and it didn't. So even when he got run over uh, with a rear wheel in his goggles. So <laughs> that's a very positive sign. You can expect sewer to start building from here on out. I don't, so know, that's I, good. I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm,
2: it's Jeremy, if you listen to this, I, I'm not laughing. I'm just laughing at the, the way Lewis is saying that you got run over um, by a bike. Just, just a
1: point. We'll just scoot over that. Um,
2: <laughs> um, oh, can I, can I, can I ask you? I don't. I know you probably don't want to skip, but I'm intrigued. Uh, it was good to see Jazakonis um, up there. Did, did you, did you manage to have a chat with him at all?
1: I did not. He's another rider who I have not seen his face at all this year. Actually, again, I. Don't but not very you'd like good. To. That's that's quite. a, that a bigger. Uh, that is a big, big step because uh, when I went to Belgium in the off season. Uh, I got told that it was the hard, it was the sand track sort of the most difficult for him in his comeback because obviously uh, lines are constantly moving, lots of bumps, like just very hard to, it was hard for him to sort of just get to grips with that as opposed to the hard pack tracks where uh, I wouldn't say easier, but like, you know, there's not as much movement going on with the track and stuff. So I I definitely, certainly didn't expect his results to be so much better in the sand compared to hard pack, but um, that was huge. Fifth in time qualifying as well. So, that, that was huge. I think this was a big, big day for Jazakconus, because honestly I, I, I died it. I wouldn't have expected this anytime soon. Definitely wouldn't have expected him in the top ten anytime soon at all. you?
2: Uh, no, I'm, I was just really pleased to see it happen. Um, given what the guy's been through, that whole road to recovery, um, and you know giving everybody a massive scare, and to literally. Four rounds in, go ahead and and get, was it, 23 points? That's fantastic. Fair play. It just shows that, you know, if what the mind believes the body can achieve. Do you want to know something really funny? Sure. Uh, Monticelli's in my um, uh, dream team.
1: Your dream team? Yeah. What, you dreamt of him?
2: No, my fantasy manager, dream team.
1: Oh, well, Well, he... He, he did well then to be the one doing the landing rather than <laughs> being landed on. Yeah. If you want to be, if you're in that situation, you definitely want to be doing the landing rather than being landed on. So tip of the hat to him. Spoke to Vlandering after the race. Uh, he's been struggling with starts as has Strybos on the Gebbin team. Uh, Strybos' role, Stry- role is to obviously do testing for the team as well as be a rider. <laughs> Did I hear he swapped that his whole engine or, some, or something oh, no. like that from race one to race two? So Stribos, so Stribos tested ECUs in the break. He tested with Get and Athena. So I said to Vlanderin, oh, I saw Stribos was testing with Get and Athena in the break. <laughs> I said to Vlanderin, I saw Stribos was testing Get, uh, with Get and Athena in the break. So did that help your starts? Because uh, I saw him doing that and I thought, oh, good. He's testing to pr- improve his starts, but that will help Calvin too. And Vlanderin said, no, he uses a different ECU to the rest of us now. I'm not sure how that quite works with testing for the team (laughs) Kevin's like fuck this I still got it I'm not going to share nothing so I text Kevin straight after and said hi Kevin can you please stop screwing over your teammates thank you
3: (laughs) did he get back to you? did he get back to you? he laughed Yeah.
1: actually uh, actually, I don't have it on me I was just going to read something for what Vlander said but I don't have it on me it's on the other side of my hotel room but no, so he's still struggling with starts. His bike is very close to stock. Uh, a lot of the stuff you can buy on that bike. So he said it's certainly not a factory bike. And when you line up against factory bikes, like it's always going to be an apple battle to beat them out the gate. But just interesting in the whole ECU situation because I would have thought they'd all be on the same ECU, but I guess not. I'm not sure why. Stry- Stry- Strybo said he'd tell me more this weekend. So we'll find out why he's on getting and and uh, Vlander and Vandonic are not. But uh, yeah, just an interesting little uh, subplot there. Well, they're, they're actually 13th,
2: 14th, and 15th in the championship, interestingly, with Vlanderen um, uh, 14 points in front of Strybos. Strybos three points in front of Van Donick, so he's not really doing his team any favours, is he?
1: I had, to, uh, I had to burst Calvin's bubble a little bit because he said that in practice, he's always better than Strybos out of the gate when they do practice starts. And I had to say, like, yeah, but he is 60. Like, you can't expect him to... <laughs> you can't expect his reaction time to be where it is, like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kevin's going to kill you. Um, no, I said that to him. No, I texted him that at the beginning of the year. I said they're going to have to start moving the 15 second board girl closer to the gate so you can see her. <laughs> 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 She's going to have to stand right in front of Kevin's gate quite soon so we can just fucking figure out when the race is going to start, bless his heart.
4: That's
2: quite funny. Uh, That's quite funny for you.
1: I thought I, t- I, think I told you about it. I think I sent you a screenshot of that. Anyway, Olsen is uh, up Struggle Street. At the moment, big time. Not so good, especially after Russia was so encouraging. Quite funny because Russia was terrible for Ben and really encouraging for Olsen. But ever since then, they've just flip flopped completely. Um, really strange.
2: One thing I was going to ask you is Olsen on a one year deal uh,
1: with Iceland? No, he's, he's under contract with one uh, with Austria for next year. Oh, okay. So, okay. So he's got two years. Yeah, they pushed for a two year deal. I think, I believe originally they were negotiating a one year deal, but they pushed for a two year deal knowing that. Obviously, moving to a four fifty, you do need some time. So, yeah, um, and that is proven to be quite a clever strategy move on Astute. their part.
3: Yeah, good.
1: Lupino the shines kind of gone off of that Russia performance. Maybe Russia was an anomaly with a hard pack track. He was coming off of racing the outdoors, so was probably quite confident, a hot. Like, I think that was that was maybe an anom- anomaly. But he is still ninth in the championship. So there you go. Uh, Monticelli I haven't heard of him landing or running anyone over since Sunday but cannot confirm obviously it's Tuesday now so I don't know if he's hit any pedestrians on the way home from the track or anything but uh, as of right now I think his body count is still sat at two Uh, continue to update you that as we learn more
2: well interestingly MX Bars has got back to you and they said sorry invoice for what Oh. Did you like my
1: super <laughs> did you like my super passive aggressive message?
2: I didn't read your message. All I seen was I, I got a gist of it though because they've messaged you back
1: with invoice for what? I just sent them a very nice message and said, "Hey guys, uh, could you send me an email address with a uh, can you send me the email address of the person I need to send an invoice to for you stealing our content and, cop- and cropping out the MX Vice logo?" Just quite a, I'm not I'm not a dick. i was quite reasonable. No, for anyone that's listening, they have a reputation for doing this. Like, everyone in the press room knows of them as being the people. Like, I learned last year that they were copy and pasting our articles and just translating them to Italian. So um, Obviously, I didn't know that because I don't read Italian. but That was a very nice news to find out. Silly season-wise, things are really hotting up. A lot of discussions about 2022. Things are, things are happening. Quite a few surprising things coming out quite soon. More team-related than rider-related at the moment. Don't think we're losing any teams as it stands, but there will be some changing of colours from up to potentially maybe four high-profile teams if it all plays out. So we'll so see where that goes. Um, Some big movers and shakers by the sound of it, as well. Well, more so, so, like I say, more so with the more so with the teams rather than the riders, which is really like a kind of a strange situation. So we'll see what happens there. But things are definitely underway. Spoke to a few agents at the weekend and. um, yeah, 2022 is happening. We don't have much data to go off of. We're four GPs in, but 2022 is happening. Um, and also nations. Uh, nations, we should have an answer on what the format's going to be by the end of July. In front are working on that at the moment, and the goal is just to basically make it so that it's the best nations it can be. And wh- how do you do that? You have, a, you have riders motivated to race. So that's cool. what they're working on at the moment. So we'll have an answer on the, uh, on the format for that.
2: Sounds like quite a lot was happening awesome. in is it, awesome. Is that kind of like usually because this time of year, usually it's Lommel hitting, and I uh, know, I guess we're about a month off of, what, of the usual Lommel, and everybody's sort of in proper uh, silly season mode, aren't they? So, well, did you, did you kind of get the feel that uh, lots of stuff is happening right now, which is, I guess, the, the right
1: time, even though we're only four rounds in? Yeah, no, a lot of stuff is happening. A lot, no, a lot. It's all happening. I can't think of anything that's not happening, to be honest with you. So, te- everyone te- Teams changing brands. We've got, uh, obviously, what rider contracts have we got up at the moment? Uh, not many. Caroli's up, but obviously, he's not going to go anywhere other than where he is at the moment. Yeah. Um, Fevra's up. Ben's up. I believe he has an option for next year. Um, obviously, the team re signed Sewer a couple of weeks ago. Uh, turns out Sewer said that that deal was done before Russia. It was a great, it was. I don't think it was signed on paper, but it was agreed on before Russia. So, um, wow, yeah. Vladimir's up. I don't know about Jonas. I need to double check Jonas whether he was on a two year deal or not. And I, I think Monticelli was on a two year deal as well, but I can't remember that one either. Those are two I need to check. Um, but as far as the major names, yeah, those guys are up. It's not many, and also we don't have many guys coming from X2. We've got Boromay and, um, Who's the other one? I said. Oh, Beaton. Yeah, Brahma May and Beaton moving from MX2. So it's not like there's a load of guys moving up from MX2. So they shouldn't like say uh, at the moment the focus is more on the teams moving around rather than the rather than the actual riders, which is a uh, yeah, not a normal silly season occurrence. But hey, it's hmm. going to make things be interesting for people when it does come out. Uh, I would spill the beans, but I was told in confidence. It wasn't something I learned. It was something I was told. So. I can't really, speak. like if I'd learned it on my own accord, I'd blurt it out. But I was told about it and told to keep it quiet. So there you go. That's what you're but doing. I'm, sh- I'm sure it'll, that's how I, that's how I roll. If I learn something myself, then that means that I've earned the right to say it because I learned it myself. If someone tells me about it and says, don't say anything, then I'm like, well, I didn't do this work myself to find it out. So I'll keep the secret. So a broad look at MXGP on episode 77 of the MXY show. Like we say, guy- so guys, would be your, f- let's do, let's do the percentage thing again. So yeah. we don't know about Hurlins. We're gonna, so we don't know if he's going to try and race this weekend. I highly doubt it. But let's just do a... Going off of a hunch... That he's not riding? Or, yeah, or what, just whatever you believe personally at the moment. Probably by the time this goes out, there will be news. But just personally on what you believe at the moment. Going on a hunch, what do you expect? Or well, no, well, not what you
3: expect. How would you split up the percentages? Um, well, I think it's harder because if Hurlins misses a round, technically he could still finish first or second. But if he's going to miss three rounds, then, then he's not. He's not going to finish in the top three.
1: Well, I'm just asking for your t- for title chances. I'm not asking for t- I just want like... Uh, okay, all right, I'll do... If Hurlins is not...
2: If Hurlins is injured and out for the next three rounds,
3: then I'm going to go Geyser, Caroli. No, Geyser, Febre Caroli. Oh, shit, I don't know, actually. Well, as in those are your
1: favorites in order?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with you. If Guy's
2: Geyser is just seems to be, just doesn't seem to be dropping the ball at all. It just seems to be super consistent. But there again, so is Kiroli. If Kiroli have had the, the, the crash in the second race at Russia,
3: um, then he wouldn't be that far off of Geyser right now. Damn it! And February's just churning out the results. Uh, uh, oh, right. Prado okay. as well.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so hot on Prado at the moment. Uh, if he hot or not, it would be a not at the moment. So I'm going to go. I think there's a, like you say. I think there's an underlying thing there of why he's not doing what we know he
3: can do. Uh, right. Okay. I'll go. Geyser. Geyser. Crowley. Uh, Fevra. And then
2: if Herlins isn't injured, if, if Herlins just takes a week out, I
3: still believe Herlins could win the championship. Even with missing
1: one round. Mm. You know, no one's really high on uh, Prado's chances at the moment, but if there's one thing you'd say, he's obviously going to get better. Like He's not going to continue missing the podium. He is going to win eventually, and he is going to get on the podium eventually. But... There's one strength you'd say. And, he's, and also, in fairness, he's 11 points down or second in the championship. So he's right with Crowley and Fevra. Like, re- like, there's not really much of a difference there. No, he's doing well. He doesn't normally get injured. Last year was an anomaly, but typically he's quite steady and doesn't really crash. So I could see him being more of a factor as we get into the second half than maybe people are expecting who are quite quick to write him off at the moment. But then in, with that being said, I don't know if I'd put him ahead of Crowley or Fever in the old chances. The only the only reason I struggle to put Fever that high up is because he hasn't been in a title fight past the halfway mark since twenty fifteen. So like it all it seems so foreign and it seems so unusual. So it's like, well, it, would that really happen? Like that, like you kind of your gut or your um your what would you say? Your your gut instinct just is like, well, it hasn't like he hasn't been in the title fight past the halfway mark since 2015, so why would it happen this year? But it certainly seems to be going that way. I'm just high on Geyser. I think that the next three, ra- depending on what Hurlins does, that's the ultimate caveat here. Like, who knows? I'm definitely, if he's going to race this weekend, then I'll change everything. But I just, I feel like the next three rounds are going to be important because Geyser is going to be really good this weekend. And if he can get out of Belgium and Latvia in a strong position, then I'm ready to give him a plate. What, like a food plate, or uh, just a gold one? Okay. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We've got to see what happens with Herlings. That'll be the uh, that'll be the big um,
3: the big caveat here. Yeah. What do you want to do? Should we go to an advert? Let's do or an advert. Let's do you want do an to keep advert. going? No, let's do an advert and then we can come back uh,
2: in two minutes.
1: All right, let's do that. So uh, this has been. Part one of the MXY show, a lot of MXGP talk. I actually, it's so much of a blur, I can't really remember. Um, can't even really remember half of what was said. But that has been part one, and as always, presented by Fly Racing. who are going to be making big moves ahead of 2022 on Friday of this week. That would be the uh, 23rd of July, Friday the 23rd of July. Uh, Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. And as well as fly racing, uh, obviously thanks to Liat, Planet Moto Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, Armor Nutrition, and Blenzel Oils. lot more to discuss. We haven't even touched on MX2. We haven't even touched on Triumph. We haven't even touched on your Ask Vice Anything questions. Uh, we'll be back in five minutes. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, LIAT continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free LIAT bulletproof velocity goggles, LIAT has you covered. Shop LIAT's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com.
2: Prox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products, which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com
0: now to learn more. Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross, Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. LIAT. Protecting riders from head to toe. Check out
1: liat.com for more.
2: Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the
0: game. The The MX Vice VICE Show. show.
2: Welcome
1: back to episode 77 of the MX Vice Show podcast. This is part two. We'll talk about MX2. We'll talk about your Leah Ask Vice Anything questions. We'll talk about a lot of things. A lot is happening in the world at the moment, so we'll talk about it. That's what we do here. Part two of the MXI show is presented by Technical Touch. With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. You too can experience the best in suspension, like Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson, and close to home too. Visit technical-touch.com slash kyb-authorized with a Z dealer to find an authorized KYB by Technical Touch dealer in your country. Take your ride to the next level with Technical Touch and their authorized dealers. There's one in your country. Just visit that link, I said. Uh, that's technical-touch.com slash KYB-authorized-dealer to find someone close to you. It's that simple. Right, so before we get on your your Ask Vice Anything questions, a lot of them again this week, uh, we'll hit on MX2 because this is quickly from Russia where it looked like it was going to not really go anywhere as a title fight. We're into something quite interesting now. So... um. Viao didn't even try to race Oss, which has severely hurt his title chances. He is now 91 points behind Renault, which actually isn't that bad considering he's missed three GPs. <laughs> uh, he's 91 points behind Renault. Before we get into Oss, let's talk about that. So Viao has said openly in many places that his goal is to race this weekend. I don't understand how you can miss Os completely and not even try and then be okay to race this weekend. Okay, Maybe he'll be okay to roll around, but I can't see how you can go from not even well enough to try to race to on the podium a week later. So I presume that if he comes back this weekend, he won't really be in a position to do much more than a top 10, which would mean he loses even more points. However, at the moment, as it stands, 91 points, I struggle to rule him out completely. Your thoughts? (laughs) Yeah, I agree.
2: Uh, Just from what we've seen um, of him previous uh, and how dominating he was, you got to think that he is the type of rider that could probably put um, five or six 1-1s together um, and pick up 300 points. And, and given that uh, Renault's kind of, uh, you know, done, done four GPs, maximum 200 points, and has dropped 59 already. So I don't think it would take long for Vial to... He just reminds me of how Hurlins was, where even if he was injured in MX2, there was always a chance that he could literally claw those points back. Uh, if he is back this week, then I, I still think um, he's going to be one of the favorites for the title. But uh, I like what I am seeing from Renault. I like what I see him from Guadagini. Fernando seems to have gone off the boil a little bit. But uh, I think he's, he's... I think it's... The reason why I think it, he's still in with a chance is because everybody else seems to be
1: taking points off each other. Do you agree? Yeah, but this is what um, uh, this is what I've I said before us. Like the guys at the head of the championship, you can't rely on them to be consistent. You can't rely on them to constantly be there. They're gonna make mistakes. And Gertz and Beaton are right back in this thing. Why? Because they had a good weekend and the top five in a championship all screwed up. Renault, nine four, Guadagnini, fourteen five, Fernandez, ten seven, 12 twelve eleven. Most like free DNF. Like <laughs> the top five in the championship just opened the door for Gertz and Beaton to jump right back in there. So if Fial does come back this weekend and can keep going, then he can get back in there. Obviously, it's going to be a stretch, but that is the MX2 class. Gertz and Beaton are now my top. I, would, I think I would rank Gertz and Beaton higher in my title odds than I would any of the riders in the top five yeah, as it stands have,
2: now. They have the momentum. Um, interestingly, Cade Wolf nearly doubled
1: his points total over the year. If you look at it, Gertz gained 20 points on Renault on the weekend on that weekend alone. Gertz gained 25 points on Fernandez. That's a, fe- that's a moto. He gained a moto in one GP. He gained even more on Guadadini, 27 points. Most like, okay, Most like had a mechanical failure, so you can't really get on him for that. He would be leading the championship right now if it wasn't for that. but still, point stands. Gertz gained 30 points on him. For May he gained 31. That's in one weekend. If the out can come back and start knocking off figures like that, then that 91-point gap is gone in four rounds, which is yeah. <laughs> mental to say. Obviously, you need, you need help from the other riders, but Gertz and Beaton are right back in this thing. And I'll tell you what, Gertz is my pick for the title now. Really? Why not? You've seen enough in the weekend to, uh, to feel that he could actually win this. Well, he he has experience. I and mean, he was in the title fight last year. Not men, No one else other than Vial can say that. He's only 24 points down. <laughs> I thought you were on about age. <laughs> he's only 24 points down. So that's nothing now. He was a lot more than that. But like I say, a lot happened at the weekend. So he's about 20 points,
3: yeah.
1: Why not? Why not? He he also went 1-1 without any mistakes, which was big for me. because. He was under pressure as well, and he didn't wash the front. He didn't make any mistakes. So that is a maybe that's a turning point because he didn't look as erratic either. So maybe he's figuring out this whole go slower to go faster kind of thing. Uh, next couple of GPs, uh,
2: you know he's going to go well at check, and then he's back in the sand. So
3: there's a good chance he, we could see him in the top four, uh, maybe the top three. Here you go. Here you go.
1: Gertz leaves Lommel with a red plate. No, that's no, too soon. No. Gertz leaves Latvia with a red plate. What's that, three ranks? Yeah. So you think he's going to get enough? He's uh, only 24 points down. All he's got to do, is he'll, he'll probably gain like 15 points in Lommel, if things go to plan. Gertz hmm. leaves Latvia with a red plate. You heard it here first. Wow, that's strong. Obviously, I know, that's but that's what we do strong. here. That's strong. What about Beaton? Same thing, beaten, and I I even said this to beaten and Majora. I was like, the top five, you can't like, they're going to make mistakes. Okay, it doesn't look very good now in a point situation, but they're going to make mistakes, and you're just going to get right back in there. And here we are, beaten. Fortune teller Phillips. It's not, it's not (laughs) clever of me to say. Like it's obvious, just known, isn't it? Like they're like, but none of the top five have been in this situation before. They're not going to be super consistent. Like everyone makes mistakes. Everyone has those days. So, yeah, like it's, it's, it was always going to happen. Uh, Beaton could win this. Beaton, like it's it's incredible how much Beaton is now back in this thing. Okay, he's a bit further behind than Gertz. He's um, uh, 19, 29, 32 points behind Renault. But again, that's nothing. There's fourteen rounds to go at least. So that's who, nothing.
2: Was Gertz your standout rider from ax 2 the weekend?
1: No, no, no. De Wolf. De Wolf. Yeah, that was a great ride. Hey. Probably would have won the second moto had he not washed the front. Pole in qualifying by over a second, I think. That's ridiculous. First moto, he, um, he uh, charged from outside the top 10 to sixth, crashed, and then came all the way back to fifth again. I, I don't know where. Okay, he's, he's Dutch. You'd expect him to be good in the sand, but gee, like that's his fourth GP ever, and he's 16. 16. Yeah. I, I, I always knew he was fast. I always knew he was going to be this good. I just didn't think he'd be able to hold it together this early on. Because he, last year, he did have a problem with crashing. And the amount of pressure he must have felt on Sunday, and he held it together like a vet. So, obviously, he is still a rookie. Um, I'm sure that there'll be ups and downs, and maybe this weekend he'll go 9-9. But then maybe at Lomel, he's back on the podium. Like There are going to be ups and downs, but this is crazy encouraging. The scary thing uh, for the rest of the riders is a
2: 16-year-old just found out he can run at the top. That's going to give him a huge amount of confidence going into the rest of the year.
1: If you, if you, want, a little, um, if you want a little insight to how young he is, there was a chance he was going to stay in EMX 250 this year. That was a genuine debate at the end of last season. He could have very, It was a bit of a risk putting him up to MX 2 at this point, but he's already proven that clearly it was the best thing to do. But that was always the thing. Uh, Adam Sterry stayed in at EMX 250 a year longer than Ben Watson. And I think even now... Sterry and at the time, the STR team said that was a like he should have just gone up and got his like taken the lumps and got yeah. another year under his belt. So sometimes, although the EMX system's great, sometimes it's good to get if you've got the support, it's sometimes good to get out of there as quickly as possible.
3: Yeah. Nah, I agree.
1: So, what do you think of this? I, I personally think the FNH team as a whole have been a little disappointing so far. One podium from the three of them, and I guess the thing that maybe the main thing that I'm kind of clawing to here or cl- clinging on to is guardagnini and Beniston have really shown Most dike up. They've both won motos and they're rookies and Most dikes a year deep in this class so you wouldn't expect you just wouldn't expect that. I just I'm waiting for more from Most Dyke. and again again if, he'd, if his bike hadn't given up on him in the second race he would be leading the championship right now and maybe this conversation doesn't even come up because how would you say that about a red plate holder? But I just feel like he's capable. I, I I, it's just I believe in him so much. That's why. I just believe he's capable of so much more than this.
2: Yeah, I think you're being a little bit too harsh. I mean, he scored well, three, being, three thirds harsh. in the fourth. In, in, uh, so in half of his motos, he's finished in the,
1: in the top four. I, I think I'm more just coming from the fact that Guadagnini and Beniston have won motos. And most Dykes have not really even been uh, in the battle for a moto win. And I just feel like he's capable of winning every single week. So. I would just like to see him in that fight a little bit.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I kind of I know what you're saying, but again, it's still early days, and um, again, it would be a little bit different if you said literally what ten minutes ago. It would be a whole lot difference if um, he didn't DNF at last motto. You wouldn't be you. You wouldn't have just said what you said. Okay. Just think a little bit harsher, mate. A
1: little bit no, harsh. No, like not Okay, well, I didn't mean for it to come across harsh. It was more a discussion. Most like can still win this championship. Uh, he just needs to believe in himself a little bit more, I think. But I think that's important. I think he's got... That's maybe where I'm coming from as well. He needs to win a GP ASAP and get that monkey off his back. I really believe that. Yeah. He needs to get that monkey off his back because the longer he goes with it on his back, the heavier that monkey's going to get. It's going to have more races to eat, and then there you go.
2: Yeah, I think as a the team. they got Brahmi in fourth, uh, Van Moustijk in fifth, <laughs> I don't even
1: know where uh, where is. Tell he? you what, props to Harrop because he, where, where is Harrop and oh, thirteenth? He, he rebounded in a big, big way at us. Like that was solid, and I think that is what Harrop can do. Okay, the first three rounds are rough, but it's still in there. If he can have a few, if he can get through this four race stretch and continue posting top tens like that, then that'll do a lot for him moving forward. He just needs to avoid the knocks. That's basically it. Let's give him some momentum for the first time in his life, and let's see what he can do with that. Comrad had a big practice crash a week ago at Lommel. So he was coming in behind the eight ball a little bit. But um, the 13th in the second motor was encouraging. Started from outside the top 20 both times. So that's a problem. But what do you think that is?
2: There's obviously something not quite right there.
1: Well, he's never been a good starter, has he? It's not, this isn't a new thing. No. But usually in sand, he's able to come through. Yeah, but it wasn't. That's what I mean. It wasn't. That it wasn't Lommel. It was tight, twisty, hard to pass. And also, as I said, he had a big practice crash, like a big, big practice crash a week ago. So he wasn't 100% either. So that second moto, okay, first moto, I'm sure he would have wanted more than that, but nothing wrong with that second moto. That's encouraging. And if he can just get healthy, sort out his starts and get same thing, give him some momentum. Let's, let's see what he can do with some momentum because he's never had that in his life. And that's invaluable. Stephen Rubini didn't race second race. Um, he's obviously coming off of a broken back in the winter, and uh, his EMX 250 teammate Emil Weckman broke his back or broke a vertebrae. Nothing serious. I don't think he needs surgery. Uh, like nothing, nothing that bad. But he didn't feel comfortable on the track. He didn't feel safe on the track, so he opted to not race the second moto. Given all of that, and uh, Honda supported his decision, so that's why he didn't race a second race. Um, I I interviewed uh, Gianluca Faschetti or John Luca Faschetti. I don't yeah, know how you Gia, say Gia. Gian, Gianluca. Oh, well, that's a shame. I said his name wrong. Oh, well, <laughs> you win some and you lose some. You win some and you lose some. Uh, he's had, He said he's had quite a few bike problems with the uh, Asamoto team. Being trained by Davide Guaneri, actually. First time he's not been on like a factory level team, he said, which is interesting because he obviously considers Hutton to be that high level. And yeah, he just said he's getting used to that. He's had a few problems. He just wants to be top 15. Consistently at the moment, and then he'll be happy. Also, mentioned that Caroli believes in him so much, and I was like, Oh, because you don't receive really those two together anymore, do you? Uh, they are still under uh, Caroli's uh, management company, Neox. Yeah, but I just feel like you like you a couple of years ago, those two were inseparable, and you don't really see them together anymore. But he said Caroli still believes in me so much, and I was like, Oh, that's nice. Yeah, cool, that's really
2: cool. I really like uh, uh, Jan Luca or John Luca. Um, Every time I'm I'm, I'm at a GP, always says hello. His dad always says hello. Just really nice people, you know, just super approachable, um, funny. So yeah, real nice, real nice, real nice guy. Uh, Ashton Dickinson. I expected more from Ashton the weekend. Obviously, Conrad's teammate. But why?
1: Why? Like, okay, this sounds harsh, but why would you? Uh, because he's he's pretty handy in the sand. Yeah, but he's a filling rider. If he was capable of top tens, he would have been signed in the winter. This is this sounds like I'm bashing him, but I'm more saying like don't get ahead of yourself with your expectations because he is a filling rider.
2: Okay, uh, I st- I still expected him to um, to be around about sort of thirteenth, fourteenth.
1: Yeah, but that's his career best result, so that's a lot. That's a big ask.
4: Hmm.
1: Well, high expectations. Well, you are nice. Lagenfelder, we've seen a
2: glimpse of Lagenfelder. Was it race one? Yeah, he led for a lap.
1: Yeah. And then it kind of went downhill from there. Lagenfelder is super young as well. More young, like only a tick older than. um, Kader Wolf. Yeah, so I think people forget that. So that's uh, that's worth worth thinking about. Hoffer, what was Hoffer like the weekend? He'll be on the podium soon as well. There's, the young guns are really like, sort of like Isaac Gifton as well. They're all kind of making steps a little bit and kind of... Um, well, What's Hoffer fourth in, in race one. Is he fourth, fifth? Yeah. Just similar thing, consistency and all that. But um, uh, Lagenfelder was out on the second race with a bike problem after crashing with someone. Um, a lot of crashes at the weekend, way more than any other round this year. I, Isaac Gifton posted two decent results after a bit of a uh, struggle this year so far. Uh, coming off... Yeah, the injury, said that, mate. Oh, sorry, um, yeah. Yeah, no, he he's, uh, came into the season injured so and they crashed again at Russia. So those lumps and bumps had to heal themselves at some time. There are... Oh no, there's eight, there's eight different nationalities in the top eight of MX2 at the weekend. The first repeat nationality was Australia of all nations. Seems like a stat. When was the last time there was eight different nationalities in the top eight of MX2? Yeah. You've got Belgium, Australia, Netherlands, France, Austria, Sweden, Spain, Denmark. A lot of uh, quite variants there. So before we move on to Lia, ask Vice anything. Percentages. I'll go first because I think you struggle to understand what I mean.
2: Oh, I yes. will go. I just wanted to do positions last time, but if we wanted percentages, then I could do percentages. I will go.
3: Hmm, this is actually quite hard because there's a lot of players at the moment. I will go. Renault, twenty percent. Gertz, forty percent. That's at sixty. Vial, thirty
1: percent. I can't. I'm struggling to let go. That's ninety (laughs) percent. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh bloody hell! Okay, I'll give Gertz thirty. Vial twenty. Renault twenty. That's seventy percent. Okay, that's good. I like that. I'll give most, I'll give Guardaganini 10, most like 10, beaten 10.
3: So you basically just played it safe across everything, really?
1: Uh, no. I've, I've not given Fernandez or Brarame, third and fourth in the points, anything. Instead, I've given a high percentage to the rider in sixth and, and the rider, and I've given a high percentage to the, I've given my highest percentages to the rider in sixth and the rider in 15th who's 91 points down so I don't know how safe that is James
2: okay I will go
3: uh, I'm gonna go Vial 40 Gertz 20 Renault 30 that's 90
4: and then uh.
2: Guadagini 10.
1: So, nothing for Most nothing for Bro Romain, nothing for Fernandes, nothing for Beaton, nothing for Hoffa, nothing for Beniston, nothing for DeWolf, nothing for Lagenfelder, nothing for Todd, nothing for Harrop, nothing for Adamo.
2: Not entitled, no. Oh.
1: So you don't believe that Andrea Adamo can win this title?
2: No, I do not,
3: no. No. I'm impressed with Adamo though this year. I didn't expect him to be 14th in the points.
1: Right, let's move on to Liat Ask Vice Anything. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet with 360 turbine technology that comes with free bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. They even do knee braces literally has you covered in every single way. Head to toe is no lie. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Many, many questions this week. We'll run through them here. Thanks to everyone for sending them in. Sorry if yours didn't make the cut, but keep on trying. There's always next week and the week after that and the week after that. At... Aaron underscore Azza underscore 22. Do you think beniston has more speed to show? I thought he would have had, he would have, I thought he would have a podium by now. James? Uh, I think he's been pretty close, Annie. Um,
3: well, he won a moto. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's been, let me just see. Benistan, uh, 25, seven.
4: Yeah.
2: He's pretty close, isn't he? I don't know. He's won a moto. I think that's kind of, yeah. I'd be happy with that. I think we, I don't think, I think Sand is, is going to be is the thing that's
1: going to hold him back a little bit. Um, James, James, James. I'm sorry, but I've just got to interrupt you there. Yep. I've just had a text that episode one of the Against Awards series is available on the Fuel TV app right now. What? Someone has, someone has just sent me a photo me a photo of me on their TV saying, you're on Fuel TV. So, What? Episode 1, uh, I think you can get a 7-day free trial on Fuel TV, so you can watch Episode 1 using that. It'll be on YouTube and that later in the year, I think. So, yeah. Seems on Fuel TV. Exciting times. Interested to see what people think. 7-day free trial, Fuel TV. You can get it in any country. It's available on other things in different channels and Main, uh, terrestrial, terrestrial TV in certain <laughs> countries, but worldwide Fuel TV. Get on it. Get on it. Search against all odds and find episode one. Let me know what you think. Oh, uh, and that, oh, as you heard, I found it. Well, that was quick. Have you got a subscription? No, I've
2: just gone like literally, if you go to HTTPS plus.fuel.tv, it's actually uh, there, new on Fuel TV, against all odds.
1: MXGP. That- What you heard there was the bombshell. The bombshell? Yes, the Planet Moto bombshell. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better. And you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto have packages available for 2022 available now. Get booking because they are going fast. Uh, Yep. Would you believe it? A company as popular as Planet Moto who are offering the experience of a lifetime. Spaces are going fast. You should have figured that one out for yourself. Get on it and figure out... Inquire about the Planet Moto Academy, which will help take your preparation for the 2020 se- season to the next level. Get involved. Hit tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible by visiting planetmoto.co. Any level, any ambition, whatever you want, go to Spain, visit Planet Moto. Whether you want to prepare for the season as a professional, whether you want to have a roll around and live life to the full, Planet Moto holidays is where you need to go. Sorry, James, you were saying? I just—you can't remember, can you? <laughs> I'm just so
2: excited!
1: <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, if should we explain what what this is? No, we'll do it later. We'll do it later. Really? Yeah, because we're in the middle of something. Oh, I'm just excited about this now. Oh, fine. So, I've I've obviously said it on this podcast a few times. We're working on a series with Monster this year, that called Against All Odds, which is basically a behind-the-scenes uh, six-episode series of, on MXGP. Not racing more of a behind-the-scenes stories and stuff. Uh, episode one is out now on many different platforms. Uh, yeah, it's just something a little different. So a, little, a different look at MXGP, a different look at the athletes, a different look at everything. Obviously, I'm not a video guy, so I didn't make it, but I did watch it. And I was quite, I don't know, I was quite happy of it. I thought it was quite cool. James, you watched it?
2: Yeah, it was awesome.
1: Um, you've never, you've never been shy with calling anything. Your employees have done shit before, so I'll <laughs> take your honest opinion.
2: No, I think, uh, I think the, the guys have absolutely smashed out of the park on this one. We've all been waiting for um, a TV series on motocross, and uh, you know the first one's forty-one. I think it's forty-one minutes. No, it's
1: twenty-four.
2: Oh, they've listed it as forty-one. They must have added some oh, stuff. Oh
1: no. Oh no! <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> But absolutely fantastic for us to have a, a TV series on MXGP. I know they were trying hard to get onto Netflix and a few other bits, but I think they got onto seven TV channels at the moment. So, um, yeah, for those who, who can't wait for the, uh, for the end, literally been all be online at the end of the year on um, YouTube. If you cannot wait, you can uh, sign up for fuel TV, a few other apps and stuff like that and, and start watching it. But, uh, Episode one's awesome because you see behind the scenes of like Ben Watson and, and Glenn Coldenar, if you, you get to look at the, the Yamaha setup and, and understand a little bit more about Louis Vosters and, and what that guy's willing to do to win a world championship, which is just incredible.
1: Okay, just to clarify, for some reason, last year we did a pilot, which, was, which we would admit wasn't very good because we, we filmed it in a day. <laughs> we had one day to film a pilot, just a kind of a concept thing. Fuel TV has somehow listed that as episode one. What you want to do is watch episode two because that is actually episode one. Just FYI. Ah. I will speak
4: to Fuel
1: TV and I will sort
3: that out. Okay. Well, there we go. And that's why. But yeah,
1: sorry for interrupting. Sound the panic button. No, no. Just watch episode two. (laughs) (laughs) Skip to episode two. Uh, Which is actually episode one. Just skip to the one that they've listed as episode two. The the one one
2: they've put on first is basically an overview of last year, isn't it?
1: Well, it was, a, it was filmed in a day as just like a concept of what 2020 could look like, or what 2021 could look like for like, sort of how it would all lay out and stuff and whether, like, it wasn't. It was just, we, we found out at GP on Saturday to do it and we just filmed interviews and made it work Put one it way or
2: another. Right?
4: Yeah,
2: yeah, it was kind of a test. Right, let ask Vice anything.
1: Um, what were you saying about Beniston or do you want me to go?
2: Beniston, I was going to say, should we have seen a podium? Uh, no, not really. To be honest, I didn't think we'd see a race win uh, as quick. So I think he's, he's all right. Y- you know, he's, 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 doing, he's doing what he should be doing, I think. Well, what do you think, Lewis?
1: It's weird because before the season, I would have thought that Beniston would be the quiet, consistent one and Guadagnini would be the one who wins and then crashes and then wins and then crashes. And really, they've been quite different. Obviously, Guadagnini had um, a rough one in Os, but for the most part, their, their roles have been reversed, which uh, is unexpected. Benison obviously has more to show. He obviously can be on the overall podium and he can obviously win more motos. Um, just needs to figure out that consistency I guess. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's so much more speed. I think it's more consistency because he did win a moto so you can't show much more speed than that. At Daniel Smith 94 apart from Vial, can you see anyone from MX2 being a multiple time MXGP champion in the future seeing as the MXGP class is so stacked and relatively young? Ah... Uh, I liked what I
2: seen from Cade Wolf and at 16. You got to think 16 and in, in, in putting a performance like that in.
3: Yeah. Uh, I think maybe uh,
2: someone like him. I think Guadagini, I think uh, he's only going to get better throughout the year. Yeah. I think there's potential of, of two or three there who could go on and, and, and dominate. But say dominate as in two years, because after two years, they're going up anyway.
1: Well, It is true about MXGP class being young. Like, Geyser is young. Prado is young. Ben, like, you'd rank Ben and Olsen probably above a lot of the MX2 riders at the moment. But then at some point, the MXGP class will look like the MX2 class now. Because at some point, that will happen. I guess, yeah, okay, someone does have to step up and be a world champion in MXGP. But it won't be... No one one in the MX2 class at the moment, bar maybe Viao, is going to dominate or reel off multiple titles or anything like that.
3: Yeah, I, th- I don't know. I don't know. Um I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I, I think like I said Kaito Wolf, Tom Vial, um and
2: Guadagini, I think they're looking good to secure a, a world, well, we know that Vial's already got one world title. I think those riders are definitely um
1: could could become multiple world champions. Uh, at Greg underscore Wilcox twenty eight. Who wants to board the Crowley train? I'm giving free return tickets. Wow, go Greg! I'm on the Fevra. It's just I'm, I'm very busy on many trains, Greg. I'm on the Fevra train now. I'm on the Ben train. I was on the Crowley train and I still am, but I just I can't. I'm more than happy for Greg to run the caroli train because I've got too many trains on my hands already as it is. So, but no, Crowley. I feel like we're not giving Crowley enough excitement in this podcast. I actually really think that. No,
2: I, well, I don't think we've given him justice because, again, grounded out another great weekend.
1: It, 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 he, 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 I do think he has a first, second highest chance of winning this title now, uh, consider, considering hurling situation behind Geyser though. And I think he is going to be good. I think he's going to push Geyser all the way. I don't think he's going to be a, I don't think it's going to be like last year where Geyser just rode away from him. I don't think that. I think Crowley's got Geyser matched for the most part this year. I don't think he's better, but I think he's got him matched. At Braden underscore two one two. What does Kaui do with their four fifty roster for twenty twenty two? Kawasaki is a big team to watch. Big big team to watch in the city season movements. Fevra is up. Don't know if Monticelli is, but his situation is obviously different because he brings six figures with him. So, um, bit of a different scenario there. But yeah, no, they're a big team to watch. I think there's a lot of British teams who are quite like
2: Monticelli on their on their squad. I can't. I, don't, I wonder if I don't,
1: Question oh, talk about that. Um, <laughs> at AJ Ward sixteen. Well, oh, actually, going back to Braden's question, I would think Fevra would re-sign with Kawasaki because there's nowhere else. Sewer mentioned, I said to Sewer, Did you talk to any other teams? And he was like, There's nowhere else, like everywhere's got their riders. Honda have their riders set, KTM have their riders set, blah, 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 blah. So like. Where do you go? Yeah, so like, where would Fevra go other than Kawasaki? Gas gas? Triumph. May, well Triumph <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fucking mess, sorry. we need to remember to talk about that some more can, can you imagine oh my god who is going to be our
1: first two riders <sighs> maybe I think Gas Gas would maybe be the next alternative to for Fevra but why would he want to go there when like Cowie is a team for him
2: yeah so, they're building that team around him why, why would he want to go anywhere else
1: yeah at AJ Ward 16 JH can't keep can't keep getting so much shit luck agreed AJ Ward 16. Can we get the top three winners in MX Manager rider picks out of interest? Top, can we get the top three winners in MX Manager rider picks out of interest? Maybe maybe could be a GP weekend thing. Only takes a minute. Only takes a minute. Very pushy, AJ Ward 16. <laughs> Just do it, Lewis. For, do it. I can get that for you right now. Or should we do it when we talk about MX Manager? Yeah, no, do it. I'll do it for you now. Okay. All right. Seeing as AJ he clearly wants it right now and I'm a man. I'm a my customer service. I'm a customer service man. Uh, The winner on MX Manager this week was Gary Ford. His team was Isaac Gifton, Mikkel Harrop, Nathan Watson, Brian Bogers, and Arminas Jazakonis. Second place was Kenneth. No last name, just Kenneth. Kenneth from the Netherlands had Isaac Gifton, Mikkel Harrop, Brian Bogers, Arminas Jazakonis, and Anton Goal. Third place was Francek Mataro Villa from Spain. Isaac Gifton, Mikkel Harrop. Alberto Ferrato, Arminus Jazakonis, and Brian Bogers. Interesting that all three of those teams had a rider with zero points. Yeah, I'm just looking at what mine was. Well, we'll do that later. We'll do that later. Uh, I was just answering AJ's question. I don't think his name's AJ. I think AJ. I think his name was Alan. I don't know why it's it's AJ. Alan Ward. Alan Ward, I uh, thought, thought it was that. I thought I remember seeing that. But his name's AJ, so I'll call him AJ. At Tim Vest Huff. Anyway, we can get MXGP to start doing track maps like the MX Nationals. Uh, MX Nationals being promoted across in America. I know you guys know the tracks pretty well, but it would be cool for new viewers and a new edition. Yeah, that would be cool. But I don't know. I don't really know what goes into that from a technology standpoint. Like, obviously, I'm guessing you need a pretty shit hot graphic designer. Well, hang on a minute.
2: Uh, why can't they just get uh, a bit like um, Pro Nationals do with uh, MX versus ATV? Why can't they just do something with Milestone? It promotes the game
1: and does the track. Because the track uh, Milestone don't have uh, OS. Well, they need to get on it, don't they? They don't have like, it's based like the pro motocross tracks rarely change, whereas the 2020 MXGP game is based on the 2020 season. So it doesn't have Locket. It doesn't have Majora. It doesn't have Russia. It doesn't have Finland. You know, you get what I'm saying? So it kind well, of there's a lot of holes they, there. They could forward the track maps to the, the company. Yeah, but it takes a long time for them to build a track. What do you think they do? Just slam like they forward them a track map and they go, Oh sweet thanks, I'll just oh yeah, they there you go, done. Think James for bloody hell. It's 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 computer generated, Lewis.
2: And it's already got everything in there. It's just basically calculations.
1: Yeah, but all MXGP have is a map. Like a two like a paper bit of map. They don't have a they don't have a 3D scaled model. I'm not they saying just have a map. they
2: have, but surely they've got a map which basically says jump, not jump, and everything else.
1: Yeah, you've got to build that from waves scratch if you're up. Milestone. Yeah, but they, they would have loads of data and information which they could... Yeah, but isn't, they, don't just like have a, they don't have a preset called waves and then copy and paste it in because different dirt colours, different size Hang of waves, blah, blah, blah.
2: Since, since when have you been a fucking computer programmer? James, I wear many hats. God, kiss my ass. You don't even know what you're on about.
1: No, I feel like you don't know what you're on about. No, I don't even know
2: what you're on about. If anyone out there has
1: ever designed a game, tell us who's right.
2: (laughs) uh, Well, why don't you tell the people about the time that you thought uh, MX Simulator was MX Stimulator.
1: Oh, he's he's good. We haven't had this from James <laughs> in a while. We haven't had this from James for a while. Very defensive. Suddenly, he doesn't. He doesn't. His defense mechanism is coming out again. No, not Remember at all. We just dis- we discussed James' defense mechanism comes to, years
2: ago. When it comes to anything
1: computers, um, then uh, bet on me all yeah, day. but my point, my point is, MXGP have a drawn map essentially. That that for for milestone to take turn that into an animated track map would take weeks, maybe months of work because these pe- these companies have dedicated track builder teams because it takes that long you know this for a fact i know this for a fact i don't know what you think i don't know how you think they build tracks like it's a 2 second job
3: no yeah. well i think they've
2: made it more more uh, work than it is cuz well, they just need well, to c- just c- control c control v that shit
1: thanks tim now me and james have fallen out at stephenment 150 <laughs> <laughs> at Steve Dement one five eight on a scale of one to ten, can you rate how unlucky JH eighty four is? I will go eighty four. <laughs> yes,
2: <Yeah. laughs> uh, I yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who would like to be him.
1: Uh, probably not for his luck though. Steve Dement also asked, as it stands right now, how easy is it going to be to get to the nations? I don't know if where Steve's from. If you're from England, uh, English people are banned from Italy at the moment. So that's great. That's not looking good for you. You can drive though. You can drive. If you if you if, if it stands, if you're British listen to this, and as it stands, it stands as it, is, as it does right now with British people banned from Italy, you can drive and it actually says on the government website people who drive in aren't required aren't susceptible to the same restrictions and requirements. How ridiculous is that though? Just
2: like so what do you what do they expect you to do? Stay in I don't your know car? if you know
1: this James. I don't know if you know this, James, but coronavirus is a luxurious virus. It would never <laughs> drive from England to Italy. It's only interested in flying. Uh, I class. love
2: it. I love it. I lo- yeah. So uh, they expect you, obviously, not to get out your car. Uh, no,
1: they're fine for you to get out your car. You just if you drive in, you don't have to do any of the restrictions. You can do whatever you like. Wow.
2: Okay, that makes no sense. Don't
3: blame. I didn't make the
1: restrictions. I know. It's just. Bonkers, isn't it? Right. At Hank Jan Lewis, biggest surprise for Moss: cold great first moto. Fevre high speed or the number eighty four? Biggest
2: surprise. I think I'm going to say it was was Fevra Was I didn't expect him to go that well and back up what he said he was going to
1: do in the post race podcast previously. I don't know what because I I'm not going to lie. I'm quite I was quite surprised to see hurlings get landed on. So. I would fall under it, but I feel like <laughs> I will go with well with Fevra because he was so fast. Jesus,
2: outside of those top three, uh, outside of the three, what uh Dutch Lewis has said, um, I would go with Jazakonis because I, you know, like like everybody wasn't expecting too much from him this year, but to go and put out that performance was, was very surprising.
1: Mm, yeah, I guess I would as well. Outside of those three, I would also go, um. Ogres, second moto, that was good. Cade Wolf, yeah, I guess if you want to go MX two, I'd probably go that as well. But I don't know how surprised I was. Like, I was more, I wasn't surprised at the result because I knew he was capable of that. I was more surprised that it was happening. If that makes sense, it's like being like, oh, that plane crashed, and you're like, well, I'm not surprised at that because planes do crash, but I am surprised that it's just landed on me. <laughs> Why are you bringing planes crashing? <laughs> Into right. a conversation. It was, first, it was the first example that I could think of. Like, so morbid. It was the first example I could think of. Like, the event didn't... The actual outcome... The actual event didn't surprise me. I was more surprised. that, Like, wow, this is actually happening. <laughs> just so morbid. Like, okay, I'll come Always up with... Always
2: death and <laughs> destruction.
1: <laughs> okay, I'll do a nicer one.
3: Let, let's just move on.
1: At Gavin Wilkins underscore... Question from an AMA privateer. Is the age limit in the MX2 class causing less competition and less exciting racing? Seems like our two hundred fifty class really has a rarely has a clear runaway winner, I'd agree with that. And every year we have three to four guys that are possible title contenders. Some younger guys versus veteran lights guys every season. I think that I think that is there is some truth to that because I think you have a class that's limited to twenty-three. There is always going to be that one talent who excels to the point where they have advanced much quicker than people of their same age like a Vial like a Prado like a Hurlins you can't expect everyone to progress that quickly so that rider that progresses that quickly gets so far ahead that that they then reap the benefits I guess yeah. I think there is I think there's definitely some truth to that yeah. because like if you uh, if you had the AMA with a 23 rule well actually I guess it's a bad example because you'd still have Jet Lawrence and Justin Cooper battling so it wouldn't actually change much but you wouldn't have Jeremy Martin there so then the, the number of riders who can run that pace shrinks
2: yeah um I'll say it now, the, the age limit in MX2 doesn't need to be changed that much, but I'd like to see it to go up to 25. I think um, 25, is, a, is, a, is that gives riders five years in on a 450. Um, and at 30 years old, they should be in their prime.
1: Backtrack, Justin Cooper is actually 24 years old, so I'll go back to what I said. Yeah, exactly, you're right, Gavin, because if the age rule was in America, Jet Lawrence wouldn't be racing Justin Cooper for the title, nor would he be racing Jeremy Martin. So he would effectively have this thing under control. Oh, well, I guess Hunter would still be in there. Yeah, Hunter's 22, so it would be the Hunter and Jet Show, and, that's, and that would be that. So, um, yeah, there you go. There's actual figures to back that up, I guess. There's actual figures to back that up. Right, good question, by the way. Yeah, thanks, Gavin. Appreciate that. Right, that has been Liat Ask Vice Anything. Your question's answered, and we can do that thanks to Liat. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. That's helmets, that's goggles, that's gear, that's neck braces, that's knee braces, that's chest protector, that's boots. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, speaking of boots, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet with 360 turbine technology, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on Liat.com. That's L-E-A-T-T dot com. Thanks, as always, to Fly Racing, Leap, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design, UK, Asterix Knee Braces, Armor Nutrition, and Blenzel Oils. That has been, actually, yeah, let's call it, that has been part two of the MXY show. Thanks to those uh, sponsors mentioned a second ago, and thanks especially to Technical Touch, the presenters of part two. With an air-oil-separated closed cartridge design that is well-known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. You too can experience the best in suspension, like Jeremy Sue and Ben Watson, and close to home too. Visit technical-touch.com slash kyb-authorized with a Z hyphen dealer to find an authorized KYB by Technical Touch dealer in your country. Take your ride to the next level with the help of Technical Touch and the KYB Factory Kit Suspension. Why wouldn't you want Factory Kit Suspension? Literally, I don't even know why I read that, because all I should have said is, you can have KYB Factory Kit Suspension. What the hell are you waiting for? That has been part two. We'll be back with Triumph discussion. We'll be back with MX Manager discussion. We'll be back with Predictions. We'll be back with MX Manager, which I just said. We'll be back with so much more, so we will see you, after these messages, you
0: are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in Motocross, built by Motocross enthusiasts. Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at EvenStrokes.com.
1: Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces. LIAT continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free LIAT bulletproof velocity goggles, LIAT has you covered. Shop LIAT's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com.
2: For over 60 years, or Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varna and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram.
0: The MX the M- Vice Show. Show.
1: Welcome back to episode seventy-seven of the MX y Show podcast. A lot of discussion about the MXGP of the Netherlands and uh, we'll continue that and more, mainly triumph, in uh, part three, which is presented by Prox Performance Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox Parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. And head to their social media channels as well, because I believe they're going to be running some competitions and things for MXGP fans coming up. So uh, I would strongly recommend you head over there as well. Oh yeah, so if you're not factory and you want to be factory, choose Prox. Right, Triumph. Well,
2: actually, before we go to Triumph, I just want to congratulate Chris Matthews on the best tweet of the week with you commenting, big news coming tomorrow at 12 Gs. Now, big news, this could be anything. This could be, you know, Hurland's making a comeback and everything else. Chris Matthews piped in with, does it involve Dougie? That was the winning tweet
1: of the week. As hosts, I will hang up on you. How is Um, Dougie? Triumph. So... What, a week ago, Michael put up an Instagram post of him standing in a Triumph t-shirt with announcement 20th of July. Not going to lie, I saw that post. I read the caption and I thought, oh, he's going to be an ambassador for Triumph. He's going to get a free adventure bike and he's going to have fun with that gig. Yeah. Yawn, like completely disregarded it because that's what I just presumed it would be. It made sense. Yeah. Did not see <laughs> in my little mind, did not enter my mind that he would be leading them into motocross by a developing their motocross bike and also steering their factory race teams in all high top tier motocross series. I, I I still don't really know what to say. Um, I uh, James.
2: <laughs> yeah, I Help? I was kind of blown away by it. The um again, like most people, seen Ricky in uh, uh, the Triumph T-shirt. Uh, along with uh, Ivan, uh, is, is it Ivan? Ivan Cervantes? Cervantes? Uh, the Enduro guy. I don't know. It's Ricky
1: Carmichael. But anyway, that's
2: RC in, so basically two, two people and I just thought maybe they're just on is, uh, you know, brand ambassadors into kind of introduce road bikes into the MX scene. By I had no idea, no idea when you told me Triumph for coming in. And I was, when, when that, that, that's, when you said that, that was just blew me away. Well. I think I was in shock for about two hours after you told me. I was just like...
1: Well, you know, you were in shock because I messaged you this and said, oh, blah, 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 announcement soon, Triumph uh, going into uh, racing, factory racing. And then two hours later, you messaged me so Triumph for making motocross bikes. And I was like, like what? Why have you... like?'" well, we've had a conversation about this, so you're obviously very confused and a bit shocked <laughs> a bit um shell
2: shocked i was I was really really shocked because but yeah like like your little brain, my little brain could comprehend these things so um i i think i I genuinely think this is massive, like absolutely huge for the sport like it and just at the right time, especially when you've got like things like um. You know Suzuki. We, we don't know what's going on there. You've got Fantic. Um, you know, be, being coming into the sport
1: more using Yamaha. Uh, you've got Beta. You've got because um, yeah, um, Fantic are going to go four stroke soon. Oh, okay. I believe for next year. So they are going to be. They, I think they're going to go into MX 2 um, oh, Okay. So that, yeah, just to support
2: your point. So yeah, so with all with all these new brands, I just just having a. Brand new brand coming in from what's predominantly been road, and now coming into MX and Enduro, I just think is is huge. And I'd love to know how and why this happened. they looked at kind of KTM's is progress and just for actually we've got the infrastructure here? Why why don't we do it? I'd, I'd love to, as this story unfolds. I, I I can't wait to be able to ask those questions or find out the answers as to how how this happened because interestingly, we've kind of, we've seen that, uh, a friend of ours, uh, Gina, she used to work, uh, she used to be the PR, uh, for, um, uh, RCH Suzuki. She left and came over to work in Europe um, working for Alpine stars. And around about six months ago, I think it was, she's, she was recruited for the PR and marketing position at triumph in America. And, uh, you know, you can see why now. They they've brought someone in super experience within motocross, and then all this is just unfolded. So they've they been working on this for, for a considerable amount of time. And then I think Dave Edwards from uh, former uh, running uh, Husqvarna in the UK, he's now on board at Triumph. So, yeah, they're, they're ahead, of the, ahead of the game at the moment. They've, it sounds like they've been planning this for a long time. They're starting to move certain pieces and getting some really good people into the business from the off-road world. So I think it's super exciting. It's going to open up more job opportunities, pump more money into the sport. And they're on about having an AMA Supercross team, uh, you know, uh,
1: an MXGP factory team. and This is insane. Yeah, like to me, um, okay, they're making motocross bikes. Yeah, that's great. The big thing to me is they're going racing with Triumph Factory Racing. Like that's a making motocross bikes yeah that's cool that's cool but the big thing in my mind is they're going racing like that's exciting to me because what does that look like what does that mean does, are they going to come in with an insane budget and get a title content like like that is exciting to me well the, you've only got to look at that because you go out and get Ricky Carmichael to help um, you
2: know not only be a brand ambassador but to, to do R&D and, and work on the whole concept you're not exactly paying them 25 quid are you they're putting a lot of money and a lot of resources into this so I, it's going to be interesting to see where this is going because they're going to come out
1: swinging. I um, like reading the PR and things, I kind of take it in a way like I almost feel like Carmichael is making this into what he wanted Suzuki to be in a weird way. I think Carmichael wanted Suzuki to develop. I think he wanted them to be involved in factory racing. I think, I think, and I feel like that's what Carmichael's goal is. To, is I feel like Carmichael is trying to kind of fill the the birth left by Suzuki which obviously I'm sure that like kind of hit him personally quite hard because obviously he did a lot for Suzuki to build them up to where they were. Absolutely. So, And I'm sure he wanted them to kind of keep charging forward and be as great as he knew they were. And I kind of feel like he personally is putting this on his shoulders to fill that gap because to kind of replace what the sport lost.
2: Yeah, I think uh, for all of us, I mean, think about it. When they start making a production Triumph bike how many people not even knowing about a bike how many people are just going to go out and buy a Triumph Metacross bike I know I will it's going to be huge it is going to honestly be absolutely massive
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what they look like I guess they'll be black or like matte black or grey I don't know like what colour are they going to choose
2: <laughs> I guess they would go uh, black
3: yeah. if there
1: was ever a team for Monster to sponsor oof <laughs>
3: Monster
1: Triumph, hello. No, um, so I don't, obviously I don't think they're going to go racing in 2022. Sounds, from what I hear though, they're going to be racing in 2023, so not too far away. So I wonder what's going to come first. Is uh,
2: production bikes first or racing first?
1: Well, if they're going to go racing in America, it has to be production bikes because of a homologation rule. Ah, if it's if it's GPS, Here's then they can do what they want. Good they can point. go racing. They can go racing without ever selling a bike to anyone ever. So, so that, uh, and at the moment, I'm hearing more rumours, more strong rumours about what they're doing American racing wise. With like, I've already heard of a team that's going to be taking it over, which is also good news. Um, whereas I haven't heard anything on the MXGP front, so I'd imagine that it would be selling the bikes. But in the homologation world, they don't have to sell that many to go racing in America, so they can sell a couple in a grand scheme of things, obviously not a couple, but like compared to uh, the v-
3: you, eventual
2: volumes, you've got to believe for the amount of money they're going to be investing in this project, they're going to want to be selling bikes.
1: Oh yeah. And before, like this is doing my head in, KTM haven't bought Triumph. KTM aren't involved in this in any way. Oh, it wow. annoys me. Where did that, that come everyone, from? No, it's every, everyone now just presumes that whenever there's a new motocross bike, that KTM have brought them. And oh, it's KTM. Oh, what KTM are up to now? Because of, obviously, Husqvarna and GasGas. So that's just everyone's automatic go-to. Go on the MX5's Facebook page. I think 50% of the comments are, I hope this isn't going to be a KTM in a different colour. Wow.
3: Yeah. No. I'm guessing Triumph's probably bigger than KTM group, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know much
2: about
1: Triumph. Triumph are massive.
2: Triumph are huge.
1: Are they triumphant?
2: Uh, They could be. Uh, but just Triumph mm. for now.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Interesting, though. Big news. Definitely big news. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people talking about it in Lockett this weekend. Maybe, maybe they would need me to manage an MXGP team.
2: Who knows? Who knows? Maybe they want you to ride.
1: I doubt that.
3: If they want to have some enjoyment, they
1: would. You know what? Triumph, they get our second <laughs> Planet Moto bombshell of the week. Congrats, Triumph. You've earned that. Also, uh, I got to catch up with uh, Max Lint from uh,
2: Planet Moto last week at a Ride Day. What a nice guy. What a top guy. So um, Max is over at Moto101 at the moment for the summer before he descends back onto uh, the winter project with um, Planet Moto. I did find out a little bit more uh, about the business. And for those of you who are thinking about going over and riding uh, in Spain this year, you're probably a little bit worried about the whole that this this whole tax thing about taking your bikes out and, and you need something called a carney and, and all this sort of stuff. Stop. Stop right now. Give Max a call. Max knows the ins, the outs of everything. He will get all of this sorted out for you. Pick your bikes up, sort out all the hassle, and you'll have a bloody good time down in, in Spain. He's also got a compound with two villas in, which is going to be absolutely perfect for our um, show in December, Lewis. Our show? Yep. Uh, we're going to Spain in December.
1: I really feel like you should run these things by me. You're not MX Vice anymore, James.
4: Mm,
2: well, uh, I'm still on this podcast show, so... Uh, I mean, you've already gone down from host to co-host, so... <laughs>
1: yeah, it's not going to be long before I'm in the gutter or retired. Well, speaking of moving down the peck in order... So two rounds ago, Steve Dixon was an MXGP organiser. At the last round, he was a team manager.
3: At this most recent round, he was a mechanic.
1: What? Yeah, he he was a Wilson Todd's mechanic.
3: Wow.
2: Yeah. Check that out. Just whatever it takes. What? Three races, three completely different jobs. Three different job titles. He uh, he could be in one of those adverts, couldn't he? Like one of those funny films where it's like literally uh so a, a hotel. one show. Yeah. Sort of, you, you sort of check in reception and Steve sort of uh, is behind the, the counter. I'll oh, just get the bellman to, uh, to take your bags up. And then uh, Steve, you know, pops up. Uh, and then sort of serving your dinner, at, uh, you know. What a guy. Speaking of
1: dinner, oh, I'm an hour ahead of you and I'm getting quite hungry.
2: No. Uh, um, so what? So... So where where do you want to go with that now?
1: Have you not got a <laughs> mini happened? bar in the van der Volk? How did you? Uh, no, we don't have. Uh, uh, don't have a fridge. Did your MX manager team do?
2: Well, I don't think it done very well, but I'm, I got hundred and seventh, so it done better than I expected. That's like your best result ever, is it? Yeah. Uh, are you sure? Because I've yeah. You rarely get in the top one hundred. All right, calm down. Let me just have a look. Uh, how did you get on? Well, I. I was Pick up my results
1: I'm a bit disappointed Because I thought Watching the race I thought Oh my team's killed it like, I was really When I uploaded the results I was fully expecting To see myself in the top 5 I thought my team did really well Turns out It didn't It was my worst showing of the year I was Unfortunately 160th At round 4 And I have dropped from 6th in the championship Down to 1,001 Oh no sorry Down to 21st. <laughs> Then I think this is the first week I've beat you because I, I finished yeah. 121st with 68 points yeah I'm not sure why my team did so bad I had um, Jeremy sewer who did well I mean he didn't like second motor her and we did get run over but he still went fifth and a tenth like that's not bad I had Bastien Baudam and damn it he crashed but he still got points who's my other rider Who was my other rider? I can't remember who my other rider was, but my other rider did well as well. So I was like, oh, sweet. This is is amazing. This is going to be good. And nope, not so much. So that disappointed me. But 23rd in the championship, I am, let's see here, 253 points. I am, oh, I'm 26 points down on uh, the leader now. So I am officially a moto behind. I'm now at 107th. Hmm. So, uh, a little
2: bit. Wait, a so, you're telling that. me you
1: finished 107th for round four and and 107th in the
2: championship. Uh, I finished 121st in round wow. four, uh, and 107th now in the championship, which I'm pretty pleased with.
1: Leading the way is Matar- Mataro 49, followed by Hawkstone MX, followed by Nifo, followed by Team T9, followed by Team Brap, followed by Miguel Rosado 29, followed by Larks Factory Zero, followed by GDM Racing Team 17. Followed by Team Brap, but not as many Braps, just Brap, And then followed by Coupe69. That's your top 10. That is uh, Spain, UK, Netherlands, Croatia, UK, Spain, UK, Netherlands, UK, Netherlands.
2: Well, uh, what's interesting is if you've not done MX Manager yet, uh, first, why? If you listen to this, get on it. It's, it's real good fun because, and it's never too late because there's, uh, you can win. Vouchers every round, but Hawkstone MX and Matt- Mantaro, they both clocked up a hundred points in this round, and that is, I think, elevated them to top five. Well, one's lead- leading.
1: Well, a lot, yeah, because I was That's up there after round points. three. That's a massive points turnaround. A lot of the people who were, uh, who a lot of the people who are in the top six after round three are gone. Are like dropped way back, like myself. Yeah, not really sure how. Like, there's such a change. Like, um. MX Racing FR. He was... I remember he was around me. That's Nico
2: from um, France. Okay. Brilliant. Yep. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you got to be in the know, Lewis. Uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's a
1: pointless bit of I don't know who's in
2: my team. Can you see who's in my team now? Who I picked? I
1: can, but it would take me a little while. So oh, okay, I'm not going forget to. that then.
2: Uh, I was just interested. I think I went for Van Bustyke. Um, Who did I go with? Van Stike? Oh. There was a and there was a couple of MXGP riders who were cheap. I think Bogus was one, um, and it must have been somebody else. It might have been Jazakonus, maybe it's Jazakonis. Yeah, I think it was Jaz, Jazakonis. Maybe I didn't have Monticelli. Uh, Jazakonis, Ron van Muesdijk, and I think that all added up to exactly ten million. Look at you go!
3: Nah, there
2: we go. Well, uh, I'm gunning for you now. I, I want that. Uh, I, I just want to be E. Really, so that's all I care about. Actually, on my holiday, done at MX manager.
1: That is impressive because every other year you normally don't bother. So I'm I'm impressed to see the effort. But do you know what that effort, where that effort's come from? Uh, where I knocked you off as host of the MX Vice show, and now look, you know, I've da- what I've done is I've i do- knocked you off your pedestal. I've dangled the carrot in front of you, and now you're putting in some effort. No, no, about timing it, I guess. Are we have we got a shit game this week, or are we missing it? No, I'm, uh, I, I decided that we would miss it because oh, we had a lot to talk about. Thank goodness. But uh, In replacement, I do have some very interesting news. Oh, okay. Yago Gertz doormats are now available. <laughs> 30 euros. They are now available to pre-order.
2: Has it got his face on?
1: No, it's just got JG93.
2: Oh, I would, have, I would have took one if it had a face. Where, where do we find
1: these? Is it on Instagram? Uh, I just got a text to me so I don't know but yep yeah, Jago Gertz doormats yeah for 30 euros size 53 by 66 centimetres pre-orders now available so get yourselves on that blends all performance of the week time I predicted going into OS Prado second overall hang,
4: hang uh, on how do you even
2: okay Let, let's just rewind this back because I'm just trying to process this at the moment I'm a motocross rider. Um, I'm thinking about doing some merch. Should we do t-shirts? No. No. Uh, been done. What about hoodie? No. Nope. No, everyone's got a hoodie. Okay, okay. Uh,
1: Tim's doing hats. has been done. Bin's been done. It was the only logical way to go. How do you get to a doormat? How? It's the only logical
3: way to go. What next? You're just getting old and out of touch. Doormats are all the craze right now. You wouldn't understand. Who said to him,
2: I tell you what, everyone needs a doormat and they'll just love your number on it.
1: I don't think I've ever known someone to buy a doormat. Well, hang on a minute. If it has got his number on, surely that's going to get gonna be conf- very confusing. It's <laughs> going to be confusing <laughs> for anybody who visits a house. A poor postman's going to have an
4: absolute <laughs> what, nightmare. What the hell? What is this number
1: one? If there's a couple of street, if there's a couple of houses on the street that have all got the doormat, the postman's just going to be rocking in the well, middle of the a, road. That's the thing; it's going to be crying postman. All, all over Belgium in, in, 93?
0: in Holland. Ninety-three, <laughs> so many 90 <93s. laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh wow! So uh, could could I think that could be a third bombshell a week? Because as I'm processing oh, I'm not pressing this, the button
3: again. Okay. Well, I, I'm just saying that that is. I I just don't yeah I just don't even know where to go there. I mean, if uh, you if you interviewed
2: him,
1: maybe, maybe just ask him where where's the doormats come from. Where, where? I'm not sure if he likes me. Oh. I'm not sure if he's a fan of my Instagram. Um, oh, comments. And then also there was last year when I said that his crash at Lommel was like the car that has the lane assist. Oh, I don't think that went down well either. I don't think he. I think I don't think he. um I think he actually Reminds me I think his man is a uh, Instagram guy though He's very um Drips poison in his ear ah, He's anti-Lewis really
2: Is he Anti-Lewis
1: Yeah Anyway Blends on performance Of the week time I predicted Going into us That Prado would be Second overall Eh-eh, Wrong Completely wrong James what did you predict Because I cannot remember <laughs>
2: I can't remember. Uh, I think I predicted that Barsha was going to go... Oh, yeah, I think
1: you did do America. No, you you didn't do that. (laughs) I think you did do America, though.
2: I did, but I can't remember what I said. Um, I'm sure it was
1: wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was wrong. I can't remember. I'm actually going to write them down this week. That'd be good. So, Blenzel Performance of the Week predicted, uh, where we make a bold prediction for the weekend coming up, points awarded to whoever makes a correct prediction. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Castor Oil has been a secret choice for many championship winning riders and engine builders. Top tuners like Terry Varna and factory level riders like Michael Essie, who won 2020 Two-Stroke World Championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of Castor-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label Racing Castor to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop for Blenzel's full line of two-stroke and four-stroke racing lubricants, Visit blenzel.com or follow at Blenzel on Instagram. That is B-L-E-N-D-Z-A-L-L, B-L-E-N-D-Z-A-L-Lenzel. Going into it then and Washougal. What, would, what have you got for us prediction-wise? Anything, enough? something bold, something exciting? Something bold, something exciting. Washougal.
3: Uh I am going to say that... Hmm... Hmm. It's hard to know, really, isn't it? Hard to...
4: Hmm.
3: Can I do... No, I better not do that. I'm going to go... I was going to go Tomac 1-1. Can I have Tomac 1-1? Sure.
2: Yeah?
1: You always do America. Why do you always do America?
2: Uh, Because I try and think about... uh, I try and think about... um, mxgp but there's not really any crazy out there performances is there because there's
1: always a crazy out there performance okay I will go I don't know if you'll accept this because maybe this isn't bold enough Fevra 1-1 1-1
4: that's
1: a big deal that's not a 1-3 1-1 yeah that's huge actually because
2: you're thinking that he's going to beat Geyser and I think that's a but yeah, you can take that because I don't think that's going to happen.
1: Well, so we've both backed on a number three Kawasaki rider in Alpine Stars gear. Well, we should going one remember that one. weekend, just in different continents. Yep, there we go. Team. Let's green. see who's right on Blenzel performance of the week. Predicted. Right, I have no idea. I feel like I've said a lot. I've got a sore throat. That's how much I've said on this podcast. And that's not anything? from talking. Have you got anything on your mind? Um just triumph everything is
2: just i've got like a triumph cloud in my head um so no i've got nothing else to add i'm very excited about triumph i don't know if i've mentioned that uh yep so triumph triumph and also i'm actually excited about MXGP and about how that's going to pan out next year because we're going to see a few teams in different colors and stuff so city season started for me i'm 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 excited
1: is that your final thoughts or shall I ask you again for your final thoughts?
2: Uh, no, that's it. That's, that, that's mine. I'm, I'm just uh, banking on uh, my final thoughts would be feel really sorry for Hurlins, um, but I'm hoping there'll be a miraculous recovery.
3: And also uh, the same for Tom Vial. You know what? That's
1: my final thought. All fun and games, but Jesus, Hurlins has had some bad luck in his career. And not only that, Jesus, did he ride well in that first moto. Just, let's, let's, hopefully he'll be back soon, but let's just acknowledge that, gee, for like, whoa. That first moto ride was, is going to go down in history. That was unbelievable. So, uh,
2: yeah. I, I would say it's props.
1: all fun and games until someone lands on your back. It's, it's just, I can't believe, I just can't believe the bad luck that he has. He's a, he's a, he's a good guy. He don't deserve it, but hey-o. yo. right. That's it. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGPTV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix, Knee Braces, Armour Nutrition, and Blenzel Oils. That has been part three of the MX Vice Show. And the final part of the MX Vice Show is brought to you by Prox Performance Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x now to learn more. Want to be factory but you're not factory? Choose Prox. Uh, and yep, like I said, thank you to Fly Racing. You saw Hitachi KTM Fueled by Milwaukee using their gear and the Formula Helmets and keep an eye on Friday when there's big 2020 news from Fly Racing. Thanks to Leah. F&H, uh, use the gear and the boots. And also, uh, Liat had a win at the weekend with Rick Elzinger in um, EMX 250 because TBS conversions, KTM also run Liat gear head to toe. Planet Motor Holidays, get to Spain. Why don't you? Why don't uh, you? prox racing parts? Yep. Uh,
2: you just said uh, there'll be a big announcement for 2020. Did I? Do you mean 2021?
1: No, I meant 2022.
2: Okay, but you said 2020. I was a little bit
1: confused. Oh, did I? Well, no, well, Fly Racing announcing big 2020 news Friday. That's what I meant to say. Thank you. Uh, big right. 2020 news. Did I say 2020 again? Yeah.
2: <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> you just said that's 2020
1: news. Fly <laughs> Racing will be announcing big 2022 news. Jesus, I'm say it again. <laughs> 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 Uh, Fly Racing will be announcing big 2022 news on Friday, July the 23rd. So keep an eye on their channels and Vice for that. And as I said, Liat had a win with Rick Elzinger, who uses Liat from head to toe with his TBS conversions, KTM team the MX250. Planet Motor Holidays, head to Spain as soon as you can and ride some of the best tracks that Europe has to offer. Prox Racing Parts, not factory, want to be factory? Well, Prox Racing Parts is where you need to head. Technical Touch and KYB, the one place where you can get Factory kit suspension for your bike, no matter your level. And also, it's available in your country. Amazing that the average rider has this available to them. Even Strokes. Support James. MXGPTV. Use that to watch Locket this weekend. Backyard Design UK. Tommy Sell is all about Backyard Design UK. Asterix Knee Braces. Tim Geiser won once again in his Asterix Knee Braces Armor Nutrition, uh, Conrad Muse would use that after his big practice crash, and Blenzel Oils, who are making a big resurgence in the world of motocross. Uh, that has been episode 77 of the MX Vice Show. I'm Lewis Phillips. That's James Burfield. Thanks from us. We will see you next week for a Locket Rundown. Thanks for listening.
0: Bye. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life
2: and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sun as soon as possible... Visit planetmoto.co for
1: more information. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, LIAT continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free LIAT bulletproof velocity goggles, LIAT has you covered. Shop LIAT's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com.
2: For over 60 years, or Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varna and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop for Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them
3: at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.